We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the final episode of 2021 for the On the Guest List podcast with Fox Trout and the Get Down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. It's been one hell of a year, and we ended with an outstanding conversation with our friends. Congo, are they friends? Are Congo's friends at this point, or are they are they our enemies? I don't know. Yeah, I need a South African uh, guy or two in my group. So yeah, they're friends. All right, they're friends. Fair enough. But uh, Dave. Let's start with you. You're hungover. What the fuck happened, buddy? No, I went out last night and I yada, yada, yada. I'm feeling like shit today. I got the beautiful uh, Strat, though. Ooh, look at that thing, dude. Fucking so pretty, man. This is once again another situation where I don't realize how mean people are to Dave on the internet until I see him post something like just a picture of a guitar and everybody's like, show us the headstock, you fucking idiot. Oh, I bet your sausage <laughs> fingers can't play that. And I'm like, dude, being, it's a guitar. Shut the fuck up. People are assholes. I did, uh, I did just have a bad tweet, though. I was driving home and uh, I had to pick up a tux. We'll get to that later. Uh, this is dropping tomorrow, right? This is dropping tomorrow. All right, so yeah, by now, by then you'll see. But uh, I'm going to do a live stream out in New York with uh, Big Cat, Ed, and Rico. So they wanted some tuxes for some reason. So I had to find a last minute tux. So I was <laughs> driving around like that all day today. I there's this dude who's a Chicago. He's a, a radio guy out here that I'm friends with, and he does whiskey reviews every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And um, so I see I see the whiskey review and what I thought was a whiskey review. And I asked him and like, hey, how is Whistle Pig any good? I got a bottle for Christmas. And it was to a fundraiser for a kid who lost his uh, dad to cancer, unfortunately. Oh, and I thought no, it was. So everyone's like, read the fucking room, you idiot. I'm like, dude, hand up. I didn't watch the video and I didn't read the tweet. I'm sorry. Like, I deserve everything you're saying right now. Ouch. Yeah, uh, but at least at least you 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 were like, yeah, I fucked up, my bad. Like it's not like you were like trying to defend yourself. No, I, no, I, there's no defending it. I was just dumb move. I was driving, wasn't really paying attention to what was the context, and uh, yeah, that was that. And I feel like an asshole, but I just gotta wear it, I guess. Still love you, Dave. Still love you, Dante. How are you, buddy? Dude, I'm fucking high on life right now, man. Jelaine Maxwell just got found guilty. I'm like in disbelief. I thought there was, I thought there was no chance in hell that was going to happen. And the justice system restored my faith in it. I'm fucking until something comes out that explains why this outcome was reached, which I'm sure will happen. uh, I don't want to get my hopes too high until that happens. I'm going to be happy. Bro, isn't it weird, like, watching the whole, like, trial unfold on the internet? Because we really didn't get to watch it at all. Like, it was blacked out on most at most places. But there's, like, this weird thing. Where I always say there's certain people who, like, want COVID to win. You know what I mean? There's that section of Twitter yeah. who, like, are holding on to it for dear life because that's all they talk about. There was this, like, weird vibe on the internet in some places, like, like we shouldn't care about this. Are you fucking kidding me? This is, like... The, the trial of the century where we can uncover the dirtbags who like secretly run the world in a pedophile ring. Like it's actually right in front of us. And Dante, you've been on top of it more than yeah, anybody. Dante has been. He's been all Seriously. over. Yeah, it's just it's been fucking nuts to me, man, because it it encompasses so much more than I mean 
child like sex trafficking it really doesn't get any worse in my book in terms of heinous crimes oh yeah but this that's like the top layer of this it involves politicians media conglomerate like heads billionaire i mean it this reaches tentacles into so many different like aspects of how the world is running for people to just you know turn their head to this is just i mean it's just like fucking it's ins- i mean it's insanity dude we live in a we live in a fucking bizarre world i don't understand anything anymore dante you should run a news corporation dude i would love to watch dante's news channel dante will run for office one day i guarantee it some sort yeah. of office. Oh my dude, God. I I'm I I can't I can't stand having an opinion, man. If you have an opinion online, it's like you get attacked yeah. by both fucking yeah. sides. It's like I I'm on neither side, and I have both fucking sides like attacking me and like calling me a fucking QAnon on one day, and then calling <laughs> me like a bleeding heart liberal, like you know, communists the next day. It's just like, what? These people are just fucking insane. Dude, it's my Whatever. favorite thing. Of, it's my favorite thing about you, honestly, is the fact that you have opinions that don't subscribe to one side or the other. I feel like all three of us do. Yeah, like dude, I, a lot of people do. They're just afraid yeah. to fucking speak up about it. I'm well, sorry. Also, more. on Twitter, th- there's no right side because everybody just fucking hates each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, also... Twitter's not a real place. I saw a really good tweet today. It said, just a reminder that Twitter isn't a real place. And it was, rest in peace to John Madden, first off, fucking all-time goat. But uh, people tweeting about, like, oh, how can we memorialize John Madden? It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Dude, oh. just, I, I, everybody's seen the tweet. The guy from fucking Dallas saying, oh, like, my God. It was the worst tweet. I, like, people are legitimately mentally ill. Yes, like, dude. I said this, I saw that tweet and I was reading through the comments and not knowing that Dave was the one who retweeted this. I was reading through and I just see Barstool White Sox, Dave, I hope you get help for your mental illness. And I just started dying laughing. I was like, way to go, Dave, fucking get him. I'm just so sick of it, man. I'm not going to shut up anymore. I can't do it. Hell of a way to start a music podcast, boys. Yeah, I know. pretty deep right there, Julie Maxwell. I'll say this. I saw a picture of her, like, bending over today, and she's got some fucking great tits. <laughs> Stay on brand, Dave. Stay on brand, dude. Yeah, well, she can fucking take those wombags to jail, dude, forever. Exactly. Fucking. Like, I, she's awful human. I hope she rots. Actually, no, I hope that they let her off, like, pretty easy, and she sings like a canary. Like, I mean, that could be throw you in the clink for five or 10 years or whatever, but you won't die in there unless you get sick or some foul plays involved. But if you tell us everything. She'll be dead in a day. Seriously. Yeah. She'll be dead in a day. I saw another great tweet and it was like reports indicate that Jelaine Maxwell has died due to a self-inflicted drone strike on her prison. And I was like, <laughs> I was like that, that's good. I like that. But, but boys, uh, obviously we don't have Kenny here right now because Kenny's out trying to find a Corona test. Cause he might've been uh, exposed. We don't know. Everybody's getting it. I just whooped the shit out of coronavirus. I really did. I put it in a headlock and gave it a fucking noogie. I feel amazing. I feel outstanding. Dude, I was still like putting the mask on and running at night when I had it. Like, and I had like, I had one day of symptoms. That's all I had. Uh, but Dante texted me. It was like, yo, can you get your hands on a pregnizone, which is like a steroid? And uh, I did. And I didn't know steroids actually like are basically like meth. 
that's the way it reacted for me. Dude, I was zooted out of my fucking mind for like five straight days. Just like I gotta take wild. steroids for migraine, and it's like basically a hundred percent caffeine just like mainlining into you. Dude, I took it and then I took NyQuil, not knowing what was gonna happen. And I swear to God, I just stared at my ceiling until 6 a.m. and the sun came up. Like I was just straight up tweaking off this shit. It worked though. It 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 beat the fuck out of coronavirus. And uh I'm glad it's over with, but I mean, that's kind of the story of 2021, ain't it? COVID, that's all we fucking talked about all year. It, it affected everything we did in the music industry. It's coming back in full force now. But my hope is that next year we we don't have to talk about it. We go back to having shows. We go back to things being back to normal, which it's getting there. It's not. It is. It's not. But either way, 2021 was a great year, in my opinion. I'm so tired of being on Twitter and seeing everybody being like, well, thank God fucking 2021's over. It's like, what did you do for 12 months? Like, did you do anything? Like, was there anything that you had to talk about other than topical bullshit? I had a good year, honestly. I, I feel like I had a fucking good year. It was a tough year, but I feel like I had a good year. Dave, you learned how to play the fucking guitar. Dante joined the fucking podcast and started restaurants and, and went all over the country. Kenny is still alive somehow. Like, I feel like we all made it out pretty well. We had a pretty good fucking year. So I'm thankful that we're here. I'm thankful for everything we've gotten done and, I mean, Dave, you've been with this since day one, since I think the first week of February. Yeah, it's been about was a, was that is that it only February? I follow yeah. you over a year now. The Shiftwood episode, I think, was January 29th of the okay. year. The first episode was Shiftwood, which, by the way, how fucking cool was that? A Foo Fighter was the first episode. But there were so many great interviews. And I, th- I do think the two best things that happened this year were Kenny joining in May and Dante joining at the end of July. Like, I, it wasn't the same without you two. Like, it really was. that when it was? I think your first episode was the end of July, but nice. I think that you came. Sense. I know when the the back half of the year flew, like it it really fucking flew. Yeah, and, I did. Dude, I I I do. I the one thing I hope to accomplish in 2022 is getting to tell pandemic stories for musicians when it's all kind of over. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I want to be able to talk to people with the hindsight of being like, this is what I went through, not what I'm going through. Right. Like, look, dude, when I get to like look back and tell the story of how the fuck this happened and like working three jobs while trying to fucking get the band back up and running and then running the podcast and editing everything like that's going to be a fun story to tell. It sucked. Absolute horse cock when it was happening. But I can't wait to be able to tell the story of like what the fuck happened. And I, I like there's so much to talk about in 2021. We cover a lot of it with Congos. But uh should we should we just go into those South African assholes? Like, should we just should we just go into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Fuck it. Here is our year end interview with our semi friends, Congos. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? All right. I'm not even gonna do the big intro because I only do it for people who deserve it. But we have Congos here on the podcast, gentlemen. How are you today? Very good. good. Who Sorry, are you? What's your name again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Uh, I, I'm not even going to go into a deep, long-winded intro, but we were talking off-air about Kenny apparently had gotten into a fist fight recently, and I thought we'd start with that. Uh, Kenny, what happened, dude? Well, so we were at dinner outside uh, in Santa Monica. My sister and her husband have uh, like an 18-month-old, just a baby in a in a crib, or not in a crib, in a stroller. And there was like this this couple who were like yelling at the waiters and like, causing a whole scene because they were fighting with each other and they were drunk, right? So, like, my dumbass sister starts going, like, bye, Karen, bye, Karen, and starts, like, you know, really egging him on. The guy gets up and, like, 
steps up to our table and like really steps up hard. And my dad actually shoves him back. Who's 70 years old. My first thought is, well, my dad's going to get punched in the face. So this isn't good. So I jumped in, did what I had to do. My brother-in-law jumps in on top of him and it just goes fucking crazy down. And then my wife's like, well, you guys fucking started. I was like, yeah, but he stepped up. I, you know what I mean? Like you can talk <laughs> shit, you can talk out. shit, you can talk shit. And then as soon as somebody steps up, uh, you know, you got to shut it down and it happens. Yeah, yeah. Dad's a Marine, right? Or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a military vet. He's like Navy, Air Force, Army, Coast Guard. He's a but hardened. Dude, yeah. It was for him and his, uh, he and his husband, my gay father, uh, and his husband have the same birthday. And so it was a gay birthday with a baby. And like this guy just was thought we were so unassuming, but he didn't know we were brown trash from Florida. <laughs> you know, like you stepped up to the wrong fucking family, man. Oh, all right. Dude, well, did your, awesome. sister, did yeah. your sister throw any punches? Dude. Oh, okay. So let me continue. So dad shoves. I come across dad. I get him one and put him in the planner. Uh, my brother-in-law comes in, gets a few, and then he gets hemmed up by the cook who came running out to like stop the fight, right? So Tony goes flying back because he's hemmed up. I hem up the dude we're going after under the ground. I check on Tony. I'm like, okay, that's the cook. He's fine. I turn around to look back where the guy is, and my sister in her jumper and her high heels moves his hand out of his the way of his face and just starts fucking clocking him right in the face. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is Florida, dude. I just, man, we ain't I from Santa Monica. That's like I, far for the course down there, I feel like. That's just yeah. an everyday occurrence. You know, this, like is, I, this is the Orlando area, right? So we're talking like yeah, what? well, this happened yeah, exactly. This happened in Santa Monica, so he may have thought we were a foo foo little gay couple family in Santa Monica, but little did he know that we are full trash from Florida. <laughs> Dude, that's great. That you must be the server's heroes. Like, oh, they were so, them. they were so, they were like, "Dude, thank you." Blah blah blah. Get out of here. We're like, "Dude, I don't need a thank you." I was just like, "Homeboy stepped up." I don't know. I tried to explain it to my wife, but she thinks I was in the wrong completely. I'd be so cool if this story was true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought this was going to be Kenny being like, put a mask on, idiot. And then I thought that's how the fight was going to go down. I thought you Kenny think was... I'd fight somebody over a mask? I don't care. Did you see that video of a lady on a plane yelling at some dude? About she didn't have a fucking mask on. on. She yeah, spit in his spit face. Shut yeah, up. No, I didn't see that one. Fucking yeah, Kenny was dude, in the, the airline. The airlines is like... If aliens came down to Earth and they wanted to see the worst of the human species, they just jump on a commercial airliner. Facts. Well, you see that, that, uh, that episode of Louis. Remember the the old Louis C.K.'s old show where he's on a date, it's going great, and then they're at some diner and like you know like four thirteen year olds start picking on him and want to fight him, and he refuses to fight. <laughs> And then the girl just loses all interest in him and doesn't really like nothing <laughs> up right there. Like, oh, God. Uh, well, really you know, perfectly that thing. that's a hell of a way to fucking start the episode. But uh, Congress <laughs> Brothers, I have a question for you because we've been getting into it kind of passive aggressively on Twitter. What's your no, problem? No, it's aggressive aggressive. What's your problem with Kanye? Kanye West? <laughs> yeah. Dude, Wait, who's, I haven't been on Twitter, so I don't. It's been, it's been me. I, I, I just so. think he's he's. Hands down, the most boring person on earth. Like, boring? Wait, of all the adjectives you could use, boring is the one you chose? Like, I, that, that's how boring he is. There's no other, like, I can't even say anything exciting. Well, the Beastie Boys him. are more boring. That's true. <laughs> Dude, I, I keep, like, the podcast will post something being like, is this Kanye's best song? And three seconds later, there's a, re a quote tweet from I always Kanye. See that, yeah. And it's like, wow, 
the most interesting person alive, Kanye West. I can't believe how interesting he is. And I'm like, fuck you guys, man. <laughs> I'm, listen, I, I'm joking, but I'm not. I really find him to be horrifically fucking bored. Like, the most interesting <laughs> thing about him is the fact that he's huge. Like, he's undeniably captured something in the attention. Like, I wish I could do that. So there's probably an element of jealousy for me. But just musically, everything, I find him fucking boring. Like anyone I'm not, else. I'm not as opinionated as him. I, I, I like some of his production. I, I find his rapping boring. I, I feel like he can't rap in time. But Have you ever listened to that yeah. Bill Burr bit where he's talking about how he wishes his mouth was wired shut again? well we'll give the shout out to uh for talking about his production that's all mostly jeff basker who's a fucking g who did okay go read some liner notes (laughs) liner notes well basker did so much of the bruno mars shit he did so much of the fun stuff he did okay so so wait you're saying not only is he a boring rapper but the production that he gets credit for also is largely not his. <laughs> it's all hey, Jeff Basker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Just keep proving my point. I don't, Dude, I don't think this never, that's never the truth. You know, like, you know, like Amandla, who, who wrote that album? The Miles you mean Davis the Miles album. Davis album? Yeah, yeah. yes. Look, I'll, I'll put but like, it, you, you're right. There's, a, there's always a, le- you know, people bring shit out of the other people who are helping them. Like Miles Davis often took credit for shit, but he was also, things wouldn't have happened if he wasn't that force. Yeah, you know, Johnny, uh, you know, Johnny, until you run up on stage and pull a fucking award out of Taylor Swift's hand, (laughs) like you might be boring, too. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm interesting. Listen, I'm interesting. I mean, boring and poor and not famous. So I've got that. I'm the triple thread. of. That's the trifecta of greatness, though. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, I I can't help but think like, what is Kanye West sitting around being like, fuck Congos? Like, do you think he's like, that'd be awesome? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great PR. It'd yeah. be unbelievable. What it if would be. It'd be fucking great. Fuck Kenny Carkeed's branded pillow in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yo, by the yeah, way, baby. the studio looks great, dude. Yeah, so you have that, Kenny, because your music puts people to sleep, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. At least my music does something, gives people some sort of feeling. Wait, wait, and going back to, like, uh, just, like, production and hip-hop production, you guys hating it. Um, didn't you guys do a song with T-Pain or Flo Rida? Sorry, Which one was it? Wait, wait, why, why are you saying that we hate hip-hop production? I'm talking about Kanye well, West. Well, because you're just white people from South Africa. I just assumed. <laughs> and you hate Kanye, so if you hate Kanye, you must hate hip-hop. That is such a prejudiced thing to say. That is so a very prejudiced, prejudiced thing. No, it can't, no it's not because I'm brown and Asian. Super, it's impossible for me to be racist. It's impossible. I, I am I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bye, bitch. <laughs> so far, we've gotten into masks, and is Kenny possible being racist? This is going fucked No, so it's not I, possible. I, I, you but, know who I like? A modern dude. I think Trippy Red is good, but then... Oh, I like Trippy like, Red. Yeah, I think he's cool. I think uh, I think he's doing interesting stuff or whatever, relatively. But then I just put on like I put on some Busta Rhymes the other day, and I was like, Holy "Oh shit. my god!" Some of that this old Busta so much shit. better than anything going on right now. I mean, I, silly I I... with my nine milli, what the dealio? Oh my god, he's so good. Who's but that also, the dude? production was just insane, and Jay Dilla was doing all that that you know kind of oblong loops where things weren't quantized and all that stuff. It was amazing. And I'm trying to bring up the relative our playlist, Joey Perp. You ever listen to him? Ooh. Oh yeah, Joey Perps is a Chicago guy. Yeah, I, I like a lot of his stuff. And then that ASAP uh, Ferg is cool. Channel yeah. Trace or Channel Tress. I'm not sure how you say it. It's more like it's like weird house music, but with like verses rapping over it. It's really. I'm cool. trying to bring up a relative point that I actually think is cool and one of the few cool things that you guys have done. Is like, the what word was is that relevant. fucking? No, no, it's the word is whatever I say it is. Uh, <laughs> was it T Pain or Flow Rider that you guys did a song with not too long ago? 
We we were in the studio with T Pain. It hasn't come. We're hoping that it makes the cut on some kind of album. Did How I hear? Did I think happen? I heard it. Yeah, you've heard it. It's yeah, fucking it's cool. fucking great. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Well, he 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 DM'd us on Instagram. This is like almost two years ago now. So maybe we're not even on the album, and we're just making. Yeah. How did this up. come about? He DM'd us on Instagram, and the guy that was doing our socials at the time said, "Hey." do you guys want to do a song with T-Pain? We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we literally thought he was joking. Uh, so we checked it out, and it was actually a DM from T-Pain. So we sent him an email, and he sent us a track. And to tell you the truth, we were a little skeptical because I think, like a lot of people, in our mind, T-Pain was like, buy you a drink and like all that old auto-tune stuff. So we were honestly a bit skeptical, but we played the track, and we're like, literally blown away because he can fucking sing. Yeah. And he's incredibly talented so we're like absolutely we'd love to and we went eventually got into the studio with him in la at a mm. record plant and it was such a funny experience it's like picture a hip-hop session in your head you got it <laughs> that's what it was like <laughs> he was getting his gr- like buying a grill from somebody and it was just like 25 dudes in there smoking and drinking but it was fun and he was off but and he would just like this is a multi-million dollar recording studio and he's recording on like a mic in the control room with everyone shouting around him. But we <laughs> learned a lot from that because the vibe that he get, like we're, we're so serious sometimes when we record and it's boring. And like he just captured this vibe in just being in the studio. So Speaking of Trippy Red, he did Trippy Red and, and two other dudes opened the studio door and it was like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Just We just like <laughs> pillowed in. And then they just looked around for a bit and they closed the door. <laughs> so do you guys That's now have awesome story? Do you guys now have like 25 dudes deep in the studio when you record? No, no one likes us enough. <laughs> well, I used to hang out with you guys until you fucking left me and went to Texas. Yeah, remember last year, uh, T-Pain was, he was like, he just figured out, you know, on Instagram, you have the different sections in your DMs that are, they don't, they don't put, put them through to your main inbox. He yeah, finally yeah. figured that out, and he had like you know 200 DM requests from all these people trying to do tracks with him. He's like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> we don't have that problem. We we immediately saw his DM. Yeah. Oh my god! So, yeah. So awesome. I mean, hopefully the track comes out at some point. If he doesn't, we're gonna like DM him and beg him to put it out ourselves or something because it's a cool so fuck what, track. Yeah, it's what's cool. the what's the hurdle for that to come out? Is it? I think he's just so busy doing like sixteen or? TV shows at the same time, and he's got like he's all into his gaming thing. He's like running all kinds of crazy Twitch streams. I think it's just a busy thing, or maybe I don't know. Maybe it just didn't make the cut. We're not entirely sure. It's he a cool a track. Folder, so. He had folders of music, you know, just that he was, he was, he was, and he was doing adventure, weird, adventurous stuff that I've never heard him do. You know, really cool stuff. The best part is it could be a possibility that you guys left the studio and he was like, that fucking sucked. And it will just never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, so, we heard him talking about so it on some, uh, on some podcast or something. And he goes, uh, yeah, and I was in the studio with the Congos. These, these dudes brought out two accordions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had m- microphones from World War II and they were like... <laughs> <laughs> they were real geeks, man. It was man. as bizarre for him, you know, as it was... Well, maybe not as bizarre, but it was like, you know, he didn't expect to do a record with an accordion player. It's funny you talk about the vibe of that hip hop session. One of the first things when I I did when I moved to L.A. was I did all the engineering for vocals for Death Row Records. And they would. Yeah. And so they would all come to the studio I was working at and it would be like no less than 30 people. 
every time. Yeah. Food, like grocery bags full of food, drugs, weed, smoke, the whole nine yards. Nicest people I've ever met. Most productive people I've ever met. They fed me. They paid me cash up front. Like, they're fucking, dude, hip-hop sessions are the best. Well, yeah, it just you picture like an alt-rock session. It's just like the band in there and their fucking therapist crying. Yeah, and they take it so fucking seriously. They're like, this isn't the right guitar tone. Uh, uh, who fucking cares? Grow up. Should we, should we write about mental health or what today? Because that's all we can fucking write about. Yeah, talking health. is hard. Oh, I'm a lot so of self-care. Yeah, my God. Do you, have you guys been writing a lot about self-care? No, you guys have been writing about farms in Texas. Is self-care right? like a word for jerking off? Is that what kids are saying? Because if so, yes. Then, yeah, I've been writing about nothing but self-care. It's all I do. It's all I care about. Well, I mean, what, what have you guys been up to lately? Because I know you moved to Texas. Last time we talked, you guys have been in the process of moving to Texas. Like, what's the Congo's world been like? Dylan uh, is uh, growing shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get my studio together. Actually, I I have, I have a hard time writing just uh, in like the lounge, you know. Um, so, I'm here. Uh, this I'm in my space now. It's, it's like kind of starting to come together now. That place looks awesome, Johnny. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. Like it's it's a big space. It's not as big as we had in LA, but in some ways it's laid out a little better. Um, I manage. I don't know if you can see it in the back there. Yeah, it looks vibey. Piano there. My dad's. That's a. 1970s Hamburg Steinway piano that like I begged my dad to let me take. It's so cool because the piano that I had growing up, my mom sold without me knowing. It's neat. <laughs> well, you want to show so some talent and like like potential on it. Oh yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, my mom's like, oh, you suck. When are you doctor? <laughs> Here's a wakeboard. I, I actually wanted yeah. to ask you guys, what was it like growing up, the sons of an accomplished musician? Like, could the four of us, I don't think, could be more detached from that kind of lifestyle. So how was it different for you guys? Um, I feel like, you know, I was never really aware of his musical career or anything like that. But it was just like endless varieties of music, you know. And, and so, what, so what did you think he did? No, I mean, I wasn't aware. I'm just, you know, <laughs> as like a five-year-old, I was like, oh, yeah, my dad did music. You know, I don't, I don't know. But, um, but it was like, you know, you're listening to shit that you just, you wouldn't be exposed to normally, you know? So there was just, it was endless. Well, it's just, yeah, it was just such together. an important part of our life was music. It wasn't like an argument trying to convince our parents that we wanted to get into the music business or work in, in music, you know? Not was, was he never... like Joe Jackson with you guys? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and it shows because we're way less successful. I wish you had to. <laughs> if only None your dad would have beat your ass from time yeah, to time. Yeah, go outside and get a notes. switch. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I, I wish he was, and I could dance, and I would have a, you know, a second career. <laughs> were you guys like, you know how kids grow up and they think their parents are the biggest dorks ever? Were you, did you guys know your dad was cool as shit, or were you guys like, dad's a dork? I, I bet you every parent, no matter, I, it doesn't matter if they're, Dad's, I don't know, who's cool these days? Kanye West? <laughs> but, like, you know, every kid has that awkward thing with their parents where they're embarrassed by them. But never really, like, that much. Because our parents are actually cool regardless of the music business thing. They're, like, very cool parents. Like, we I, we're very, we grew up in a Greek community in South Africa, so everything was very close. Like, there wasn't as much of a separation as I find here in America there is between, like, generations. Like, you know, it's like parents, mm. kids fucking stay away from each other, like talk shit about each other. There was a lot more, like everyone hung out together, you know? 
I mean, I, I, I get mad in these Boring. situations. Because Kenny, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Kenny's dad is like a fucking accomplished fighter pilot. Your dad's a famous musician. And I've brought this up numerous times on the podcast. And my dad's an unemployed contractor. So I don't know what the fuck, how this happened. Like, what, like being in your house, like, was there any pressure for you to be musicians? Yeah, yeah. But they get, it diminished with each son. So, like, I'm by far the worst, <laughs> worst piano player, you know? There but was pressure like, that we learned I got to music. 11, he's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> that you cared about it, right? Like, do you actually well, no, give we, a shit about it? No, he, like, he was, they were real strict that we learned music, like, almost it, more important than, like, learning at school. But there wasn't any pressure, like, I want you guys to be in the music business or be a band. They just believed that music and learning to play the piano, guitar, whatever, is important. To I, got a que- I got a question for you. Um... Ew, this is going to start with a compliment. Being that you guys, being that you guys are so proficient at the instruments that you play in your band, was that kind of like Danny, you've always played the guitar. Johnny, you've always played the piano. Jesse always did the drum so on and so forth. Or were you guys just kind of all around and then when the band formed, you guys took roles. When we were like really young, I was playing I played drums and Jesse played guitar. Like it was just the three of us cuz uh, Johnny was yeah, you doing jazz or something like that. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> and we were just messing around. We'd do like Doors covers or whatever like that. And then, um, then we I started to play the guitar. And then, and actually, the initial iteration of the band, we there was a bass player in the band, um, mm. a non-brother, and Ooh. Dylan and I played guitar. And then the guy moved to San Francisco, so we uh, put bass on computer on a computer i think didn't we wait where the fuck was dylan during this whole time no then, dylan, then, we, then we got sick of playing with the uh, track bass so dylan started playing bass and that's where we actually became a band was because we started just playing like long 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 sets i don't think i've ever seen jesse hold a guitar once in my life he does he, he on, on all of his records he plays usually some rhythm guitar you know who oh that's why sh- it's like that who yeah. caught the shit end of the stick and had to wind up playing the accordion <laughs> yes, Johnny boy. He hey, stuck his toe on one during a, <laughs> one you of see those. my accordions there in the corner. I love the accordion. Is the accordion the like a South African under, thing? The accordion is an everywhere in the world thing. It's like yeah. one of the most ubiquitous instruments because think about it. You can pick it up and walk around with it like you can a guitar or whatever. But you've got all the facility of a keyboard. The accordion is a the, the accordion is a pawn shop instrument. Yeah. Well, you, like, after uh, I think it was after World War II, it was it was Italy's number one export was accordions because they had all the they were manufacturing all these accordions and they were they were loud and portable. So they kind of took over in all kind of folk music around the world. And the downside of that is that they're fixed in their tuning. Mm. So a lot of folk music, which is played on stringed instruments or sung or whatever, they, they have these interesting different tuning systems, and the accordion kind of started to drown them out. So, you know, the accordion is great, but it also, there was this negative side of a fixed instrument becoming so popular in, in folk music. For, for those who don't know who are listening, the accordion has keys on one side and a shitload of buttons on the other side. And when I toured with these fucks, I was like, Johnny, teach me how to play this shit. How do you play these buttons on the side? What do they mean? And Johnny's like, <laughs> I don't even use those buttons, man. <laughs> I just use the keys on the side. I'm like, oh, you cheater. <laughs> if you see a Russian accordion, I think it's called a Bayan accordion. It's buttons on both sides. That's fucked up. <laughs> Utterly. Because they want no one to play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, we brought you guys in for a reason, too. This is our year-end episode. And, and kind of you guys are kind of in Dave's camp where it seems like you hate everything. So I kind of want to ask no. you a question. 
I want to ask you a question. No, no, no. Just Kanye West. <laughs> is, is there anything this year that stood out to you that you actually really did like? There's an album I really, really like. It's called... Um, you liked it so much you forgot the name of it. Yeah, I forgot the name of the album. <laughs> I, it's... Um, it's a it's a love in Paris. It's a Stefan Grappelli. I think it came out this year, like <laughs> March. I think it came out March. Came out nineteen seventy three. Yeah, Django Reinhardt a lot on it. Um, it's he's like a he's a he's a singer, violinist, rapper, multi instrumentalist <laughs> guy. It's a really good album. Yeah, check oh, it. Stefan I don't Grappelli. know. I mean, I honestly. It, we we probably do sound like haters, but I just we I don't listen to a lot of current music, particularly not alt rock. I really I, that's something that make the reason Kanye West is not the most boring thing on earth is because alt rock is around. <laughs> it's yeah, and it's so sick that you guys literally specialize in alt rock, and you're like, I don't listen to that garbage. <laughs> All right, answer me this, dude. What happened in alt rock? What the fuck happened? Alt rock. I don't know. People Maybe. started having feelings and started caring. Like, stop. Grow up. Who cares? Makes it good. Like, did, a, did you see that tweet I did from Chevy Kenny about the alt rock conspiracy? No, which one? <laughs> Dude, Danny's tweets are so good. Sometimes it takes me a day to understand what he's saying. <laughs> What's the alt rock conspiracy? Yeah, let's hear this beginning. <laughs> end. It's the. Uh, it's that. Um, I'll, I'll read you. This is in the voice. Do, do they know who Chevy is? They do, do know, know who Chevy, Chevy is. is. Yeah. yeah. I've just discovered a terrible scourge called the alt-rock. Started in the early 90s by Kurt Cobain, it has evolved into a fascist wing of the conservative party. <laughs> Initially, Kurt was interested only in preserving the role of the electric guitar in popular music, but after David, his drummer, took over the band, it became something much more <laughs> Since then, Rich Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney, owner of the <laughs> center, have been funding most alt-rock outfits. Many of these bands don't even know they are the mouthpiece of the far-right agenda. Specifically, bands like Coldplay and Radiohead are the most oblivious. Certain bands like the Foo Fighters are aware, but are too addicted to the accolades they receive for their guitar solos to stand up. The only hope is that new and potentially reachable alt-rock outfits like the Black Keys and the Lumineers decide to stand up to their handlers and begin making better music to get haircuts. Take a shower, clean their act. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when their drummer David. <laughs> oh, but it, it is true. It is true. This whole fucking thing is falling apart. Cause like, yo, your guys fucking like the moment in the sun for Congos and AWOL to be like the leaders of the alt rock movement. Like that shit was popping. There was like good music coming out besides you guys, which weren't good, but like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Cause I mean, we, I kind of live in that world. Kenny lives in that world. What the fuck is it? I, I mean, think like, that alt rock is not a leading, it's not a leading genre is most of the time, you know, occasionally some really interesting shit comes out in every genre, obviously. But I feel like what all, what's happening now is they chase pop. I think pop mm. is actually way more adventurous than alt rock or alternative, you know? And there's that, like those, the blurred, they blurred the line between the two. So now all of the people who are not really good enough to be pop stars are trying to make pop music, you know, yeah. like they're yeah, just- yeah. Um, 100%. But it's also that the labels and all the big like powers that be, man, are using alt rock radio as testing grounds for pop. So you're not yeah. actually seeing true alternative music in there. You're seeing it, it's basically like the feeder, like the minor leagues where they just try it out. Okay, I clicked it, alt radio. Let's see if we can push this to the top 40. Yeah, and 100%. there's so many, like, even in the alt, alt it, rock world. Go, go ahead, Dante. No, and, and you're exactly right because, I mean, 
great example over the past few years, like I beat to death on this podcast is you take a band like AJR who was very, you know, alternative sounding and now they're as pop as it gets because they crossed over. And I feel like once you get branded as a pop act, there's really no going back. It's because he wears that stupid fucking hat all the time. All the time. I I know you hate him, but I, 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 used to I don't him. hate him. I just hate that fucking hat. Like I saw him play 118 degrees outside in Vegas with that fucking hat on. Grow up. <laughs> we can go down the list. You can think like Vance Joy falls into that category. Yep. You know, yeah, there's Hoser, a lot of- all of them. Yeah, go you know to. I mean, I'll that. explain. I think why a lot of that happens because when when Come With Me Now went big, they crossed it to pop, and our same with sale became yep. obsessed with going to pop, and it was great because we made a lot of money from it, and like we're not complaining, but the mentality then became 100%. How can we get another song to stick at pop radio? And that's not what we were. Like the, the fact that Come With Me Now crossed to pop is basically a fluke. I'm not shitting on the song. I think, you know, it's a good song. It's got its merits. But the fact that it went pop was just like everything aligned for some miracle for a, a weird song with an accordion. It's the same exact shit yeah. with AWOL and Sale around the same exact year and same time. Like it was just, that was an interesting... Thing and now with with the alt rock god I sound like a grandpa but now like you know there's still younger generations in all genres including alternative but now like the bands that I work with the up and coming bands that are like well the label wants TikTok click throughs they want fucking save rates on this and blah 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 and you're like well how about you start with a fucking song first <laughs> I, you know it's uh, so it's it's crazy part how of it is uh, part I think part of the problem is that the ease of production like it's very easy mm. to get cool interesting sounds. So p- people have become obsessed with textures and sounds and, you know, all this kind of stuff to the detriment of harmony or different rhythms or whatever, that kind of stuff. So music is actually getting more and more similar harmonically, but people have got all these cool textures and cool sounds. It's like idiocracy for music. Like yep. In the future, everybody's going to, how they talk, it's going to be the same with music. Brondo, <laughs> the thirst mutilator. It has electrolytes, dude. So yeah. I great. like money. There, there well, are people a- who are like super pushing the boundaries of harmony and all that kind of stuff, but they're always kind of like nerdy or cheesy, like Jacob Collier, you know, that guy's like yeah. a fucking genius. But I don't know how much appeal that's going to have to it. You know, well, let's put it this way, dude, because I think part of my point in this entire thing is Dave, you're the non musician here. Here's a question When was the last time Kenny out? (laughs) (laughs) Dave, when was the last time you went on alternative radio to look for the next big thing? When was the last time you searched through your fucking car's radio to listen to alt radio to find a musician that you liked? It's 2022 now, just about. I'd say 2010. I will say, though, I will. We'll say though, Dave is very good with Spotify. Uh, like, what's next? Like, I'm, oh, a, I'm a big radio. You guys know, like XMU and All Nation. I love. That's where I, I same a lot of stuff. Dave is very good with the Spotify. It's uh, all you Spotify. I John think not. about this regularly. Is so on the dozen where I use uh, Colin as a phone friend. For those that don't know, it's a trivia show we do at Barstool, and uh, I use Colin as my lifeline, like every show for it. But I think a lot of the reason, and we talked about this a while back, that like me as a non-musician, and I think a lot of others don't know, like specific albums even, is because of Spotify. Because all I'm doing is finding one song and just adding it to a playlist. I'm not listening to an album unless I'm like, I was going to say the last Weezer album to this day, I think is one of my favorite albums by them. It might be up there with Blue. But um, that's like the only album that start to finish like I listened through 
like that 30 a uh, couple of the how many did uh, Olivia Rodrigo come out with two this year I she had two. sour that big record I know sour but did she have another one whatever anyways um you're just hearing the songs you're not hearing the full albums because it's just yeah, but I mean random. I think part of the problem with that and like there's no way to fight this is the last statistic I heard, and this was a while ago, is that 40,000 songs come out a day on Spotify. And we yeah, probably, we, we may have even talked neat. about it last time we were on. And it's like, it's literally impossible for anything to crack through that without money behind it, you know, also, or, that, or pure luck. There's so also the phenomenon of people, like, you're always getting older. So, <laughs> you know, your, your impressionable period of life is getting further and further away from you at every for sure. Definitely. so it's you know like my my girlfriend's siblings they're all teenagers and they're they love the shit that they're listening to they think it's great you know they don't think that music sucks they like it um so it's part of it is obviously the the old fogey thing danny um, are you wearing a fitness shirt yeah. <laughs> my bro yeah 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 oh, yeah, yeah, get with it, dude. And talking about that, that kind of weird shit, like some of the songs that are blowing up now, and I talked about this on the last podcast, like Catatonic Youths is the Instagram page where they just post the worst bands in the whole world, and this one chick's fucking song is getting so big because it's so bad that it's got <laughs> millions of views on YouTube and now she has a career like the Cash Me Outside chick. It's fucking cra- like it's just well, so yeah, different. The meme ability now because people are really looking at like any reason that a song can go viral counts. Because, you know, a click is a click as far as like record companies or yeah, like definitely. YouTube is concerned. Oliver that, I mean, it's, fi- it's fine, it's fine. Because ultimately there's every generation there's going to be good music like we've talked about it before and kenny's come on our discord uh chat before and like it's mostly kids that are on there and we're finding all these new younger fans that we couldn't connect to before and it's like you always think every generation is like they've lost it they're not gonna have good music but these kids are listening to cool shit they're finding and discovering cool shit and they're making cool shit every generation thinks i'll post you a i'll send someone a link to uh have you, Kenny, have you seen Ariel Posen, the guitarist? I mean, that sounds all, familiar. Not alternative, but he's, he's not all, he's like, he's, he's a Canadian, I dare say that word. Ew. Blues <laughs> guitar, but he's fucking amazing. And I just discovered him this year. He's really good. I think like one of the things you guys did say, though, is the money behind it and stuff like that. And I think most bands and most people are figuring out that like, that money funnel is getting tighter and tighter as the industry changes to just like pushing one or two really big artists. I think what most people are figuring out kind of like what we have with this podcast as stupid as it is, is you got to have different things to attract people to your music because there's so much shit out there on a constant fucking basis. And I mean, you guys are experimenting with discord. Like, have you guys found that to be like kind of like your Avenue of like the new shit you're trying? Yeah, I mean, one thing is the way it works, it feels like the old internet, weirdly enough, even though it's like a young gamer thing. It like feels chat like rooms. The old, yeah, like people talk and you see what they say and there's no algorithm designed by Mark Fuckerberg like getting, <laughs> getting in the way of it. You know, like we post and we can talk to our fans. We can have legitimate long conversations with them. We can do play music streams like this with them where we talk with our fans and just like interact like normal human beings and the conventional uh social media is obviously set up as a funnel to sell shit and that's fine you like we as long as you understand that's what it is that's what it is but for us we're like we're the product on instagram 
because no matter right. how many followers we've got or YouTube and that, it all funnels towards selling ads for the platform. And, yeah. you know, we have to play it. We put our shit up on it. You can't get away from it. But like finding another avenue to talk to our fans that's more direct has been way more successful because we've only got like 900 something people on our Discord channel now. But those people are like worth their weight in gold oh, in sure. terms of like our connection to them. Well, what if they, they have feelings? <laughs> you know, I mean, what they always say though, like it's better to have like a thousand diehard fans that would buy your shit as opposed to having a hundred thousand passive people that aren't going to invest in you. It's like, well, luckily actually- we have neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're basically Kenny at this point, dude. That's all yeah, I- yeah, 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 yeah. Washed up and old and forgotten about. It's great. No, Kenny, that what you you're one of uh, three, right? Independent people to have a diamond record. Is that what it was? One of three? I have no idea. Oh, oh, is that is that what it was? Well, I know it's one of fifty-seven no, songs. Was, I don't know if it's yeah. the independent shit. I yeah. always, I always forget how. Which it wasn't was. independent anyway. It's like the word "independent" gets thrown out so fucking much. Hey man, I take it. Red Bull is not a record company, right? But it's like, but they fucking paid for everything. So yeah. independent, what you know? What I, mean? I remember like, that part. That, I remember that party in uh, in London. They pay for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That was the best part about being on Red Bulls. They threw hell of parties. Yeah. They I, paid for me to throw up on the highway on the way to Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is there is no company with a more like bewildering budget process in the world. They are so cheap when it comes to like actually their product, but when they throw parties, like you said, they just fucking light money on fire with everything. <laughs> it's nuts. Well, that, that, stuff, that stuff they were doing with like, remember that, what was that BMX thing they did where it was really well lit, you know? It was like a, a, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like. What about Flutog? Remember Flutog? Yeah. Oh, Flutog. Yeah, How about the guy who jumped from space? Damn. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Felix, whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, that shit's fucking crazy, man. I always, dude, on this podcast, we talk to Kenny so often, I forget how fucking, like, successful he is, and I hate it. But there's always, like, one or two moments on the podcast where we'll be like, he'll be like, well, you know, I was hanging out with the Rolling Stones in Hamburg or something like that. And I'll be like, what the fuck, dude, man? How about, how, about when he, how about when he just nonchalantly brought up he used to, he used to engineer for death row? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we have yeah. a whole episode on that. I mean, it, it wasn't in the prime of death row. It was definitely the fucking scraping the bottle of the barrel kind of fucking guy. Did, did, Shug, did, the death throws of death yeah, row. Did, did, Shug know, did Shug Knight hit you with his car? Dude, I wish Suge Knight was there. It was just like the D-list guys doing blow in the fucking tracking room and like eating chicken and like, but again, they, the nicest people I've ever met. Remember when they rebranded to the row? Was it? Was it uh, was that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like when Mur- that was like when Murder Inc. became the Inc. It's like you still yeah. Murder Inc. Bro, you still Murder Inc. <laughs> yo, yo, I want to go backwards a little bit. Speaking of murder and all this stuff, so that that chick that I was talking about, that like Cash Me Outside kind of chick, I was looking. She got signed to Hollywood fucking records. What? Off of a joke. So let me show you this. Can you fucking guys see this shit? Let me show you this here. Let's see. Can you see that? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Is that Bosky out in the corner? Ugh. What is this? I can't hear it. Oh, yeah, can I you can't hear it? it, but I can see Oh, you see can't it. even. Oh, fuck. I wish. Oh, I don't know how to make it. I don't hear think it, we then. need to hear this. Kind but, dude, two yeah. million fucking views. She's going, fuck them all. Fuck them by. Bitch, I get my money. She's Dutch from the Netherlands. She had. She That's got weird. blown up for having an awful song, and now she's signed to Hollywood Records. It's the fu- <laughs> And has two million views on Instagram. It's the so craziest she'll, shit. She'll be working with Dreamers in no time. 
Yeah, no, I mean, dreamer. She'll be working with T Pain in no time. So, what does that what does that do mentality wise to someone that is really talented, really hardworking, fighting to break through? I mean, is that just soul crushing? Okay, so you're talking to like me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it actually drives me in the exact opposite direction. It makes me want to try different things that don't have to do with the exact music industry. It makes me want to come on here and talk shit because I know that if I'm going to live in Philadelphia and I'm going to be an idiot who talks shit and makes music, I'm going to have to find a different lane than a Dutch girl saying fuck them all who's going to go viral and sign a Hollywood record. So it just makes me want to kind of like find my own lane where I can actually not have to sell my fucking soul to Los Angeles. That's my goal. Well, I listen, that, I sold uh, my soul to Los Angeles, and I can tell you. I want my money back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's pretty good. You didn't get a good answer. I have a, I have a good agent. <laughs> I don't know, well, man. But, there was a, a – there were, like, we keep going back to T-Pain, but I feel like that experience with him, he was he was a force of nature in this – like, he, you know, he had an actual presence. You don't often meet people with that extreme amount of, you know, presence and energy and stuff like that. And he's been through that thing where he became the autotune guy when he when he's a real singer, you know. Yeah. And then did you see that documentary? He did that album, mm. or whatever, you know, where he was talking shit about uh, autotune. So he kind of became a pariah and all that stuff. And he's now had this rebirth and all this through all these different things and the mass singer and all that kind of stuff. He basically seems to be like self-serving, like he doesn't give a shit about anything anymore or anyone, and he kind of just. Uh, does his own thing or whatever, whatever, you know, uh, floats his boats and it, it emanates out of him. You can feel it, you know, because you, he's not trying well, there's to, there's a certain amount thing. of it of like, well, you have to have enough money in the bank to be able to have the freedom sometimes to say that. Cause if you're a struggling alt rock band and you've got to make it like you, then you start like compromising basically. And we've all done it. Cause you're like so desperate to just get shit to happen that you don't actually do what you want to do. And trying to find and achieve that mentality, sometimes it requires money. Sometimes it just there's some people that are just, I guess, courageous or don't give a shit enough that are just like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway, whether I fail or succeed. But seeing T Pain do it was like quite inspiring. Did anyone watch that Alpinist documentary? Dude, uh, it's so, so good. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, you you bring up just having the balls to do it, even if it's kind of the dumb decision. I don't, I just know for a fact there's never going to be a time where a record label is going to come to me and six idiots from Philadelphia and be like, you are going to be the viral star of the internet. What if I you left Philadelphia? They- Why? No, I'm just joking. I was the just internet exists. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> Oliver Tree is a great example of somebody using virability. I don't even know if that's a word of comedy, like what he does to like his music's actually really good, yeah. but on its own, I don't think it would do what it would do if he wasn't putting out 45 minute mockumentaries about him learning <laughs> to do a backflip on a dirt bike. Like I'll be honest, so Kenny, though, I've noticed that guy has some serious sadness behind those eyes. Like part of it is killing him. He's like, God, I just want to be a musician. I, I don't just started watching his, his YouTube documentaries and they're so fucking funny, dude. He's out of control, out of control. I, at the end of the day, though, I like I find solace in the fact that I actually truly enjoy what it is that I'm doing now. Like I like, it's all gonna work. It might just be the long way around, and I'm cool with that. I have no trepidation that way, but I have no interest in doing it the other way. Like I've I've tried. I've gone through my CB4 phases where I've tried different shit. Like I've tried to fucking wear the Lumineers hat, and I've tried to do this and do that. I don't want to do it. 
And that's okay. And I think people, more and more people are starting to find different ways to brand themselves and do different shit that actually is like more fully them as opposed to having to. I also think it's the same as it's ever been. Some people will literally do fucking anything. Anything. Anything for success. It's fucking crazy. Dave, you live on, Dave and Dante, you live on the internet. You watch people try and do wild shit for success all the time. It makes my fucking skin crawl. It's It's funny that it's funny that before success, I would have done anything after success. I don't care anymore. It's weird how that works. Yeah. Money has a real (laughs) interesting effect on your ability to enjoy things and be, be unique. Unfucking believable. (laughs) Oh, can we also clear something up on here? So, uh, there's been something going on around online with the Congos about you guys not actually being brothers. What's that all about? It's a conspiracy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> More conspiracies. Let's go. Bro, everybody in their comments of all their posts have been like, yo, I heard that they're not even fucking brothers. And I'm like, what is this bit? It's so good. I mean, well, it, it's like it's not a fucking hidden secret. We've been telling everyone on our Discord, no matter what, whatever we post, just like say we're not brothers like commit to it hard and it's pretty fun like i don't know what the purpose of it is but it's like, for gr- it's not it's some for fun. big marketing scheme like it's just funny as shit to see like half of our fans that are on the discord think it's funny as shit and then the rest of the people are like they are brothers <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, so yeah, Wikipedia. yeah but we got one of our discord people ended up changing our wikipedia to say that this band of Random strangers that are definitely not brothers. <laughs> I love well, that we, so we got much. The, we got the idea when the first time we read our Wikipedia, when someone had put like, in someone, we pissed off someone in South Africa because they just wrote, uh, they won worst band in South Africa in 2014. <laughs> and and we, we all killed ourselves a lot. We were like, this is crazy. You know, this, this, is the, <laughs> this is the second greatest conspiracy theory in music next to Paul McCartney <laughs> died in a car accident. Yeah. I, I like the here. There's a better conspiracy theory, and it's something that Chevy brought to light, and that is that um, the Black Keys stole the blues from uh, yeah, yeah, from who is it? Jack White. Jack White. No, no, sorry, Jack White stole it from the Black Keys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all facts. They, they the Black Keys it. invented the blues. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. don't know that. Yeah, it's true. It's it's we we would we it. would go as Chevy onto various like Black Keys forums and like <laughs> fan pages and just say give the blues back or oh, sorry black, <laughs> give the blues back jack and they'd be like how can you say you invented the blues and they would, they would like quote the actual history of the blues you know like with muddy waters and like way back to delta blues and that and we chevy would just be like no no <laughs> black, uh, black keys invented it and if jack white doesn't give it back it's, it's just never never let it go. It was fucking hysterical. Oh, these are such good bits, man. I wish I could, guys. but I could totally see Jack White photoshopping himself into like sepia tone pictures of 1930s blues yeah. artists. Like he seems like the kind of guy who wants the credit for like making the blues. Like I don't, yo, he's yeah. got blue hair now, and I bet he's like, I'm the first one who did it. And you're like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I actually tagged the Dreamers in that post and said. First, he steals the blues from the Black Keys, and now he's stealing the Dreamer's hairstyle. <laughs> is there, I don't think there's anybody who, like, I like his music more, but I'd like to spend time with less than Jack White. Like, I don't think I'd like to be in a room with Jack White together. You know what I mean? Like, I love Kanye. I don't think I could hang out with Kanye. I think I'd be way too fucking intense. I would. I like really that, fucking uh, boring. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great, uh, what's it called, that, you know, Ninja from The Onwards. He's got that Vice story. No. Uh, have you seen those? That's a great series where they 
the animated like you know people telling stories oh yeah oh, oh my god oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that shit made me banana pudding <laughs> kim kardashian <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah, watching that's a great thing. he was watching porn on a big screen with kanye west while kim kardashian made the banana pudding Right. We yeah. almost need to play that. That's fucking funny as shit. I, I just, who's the most? All right, here we go. I want to name drop real quick. Who's the most famous person you guys have ever met that you left the conversation? And you were like, oh, God, that sucked. All of them. Um, <laughs> I, we didn't, I mean, I didn't think he sucked, but remember at the Today Show, Jay Leno walked in and he was like, he was, he was normal. He just, he had to get a laugh. Before he, oh, yeah, was, he was like always on room. doing a bit, yeah. like backstage at the Today Show, four thirty in the morning. You're waiting to go on, and he's like telling us jokes, but like a monologue style jokes. And it, like he was, he was funny. It was just weird, you know. It's like, he <laughs> he's just stuck in a time like, vortex. It's constantly yeah. he's doing a stand up monologue. Yeah. Or it's also like he, if unless he gets someone to laugh, he's not alive. You know, he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, okay, yeah, I still I can still make people laugh. He was funny, you know. He was just he was you could tell he was just like he just to, weird. Yeah, he had to smoke. We his, met. I met. Uh, what's the the Bush daughter? What's her name? Laura Bush. Yeah. No, is that the wife? Or well, I don't, yeah, George W's daughter. She was on the thing that I just remember thinking that was weird as fuck to me, like. <laughs> Someone that close to George W. Bush is just weird. Like, what would you, I, it would be impossible to talk to her because you just want to ask so many questions about her dad. Why is your dad such really... an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, be real with me. Did your dad do 9 11? Come on, be yeah, honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, Kenny, all right, you'll be honest with me, Kenny. Who's the, the most famous person you've ever met that you left the conversation and you were like, fuck that guy? Oh, God, so many of them. Uh, <laughs> The weirdest fucking celebrity I think I've ever met was probably Jared Leto. He's oh, so did, fucking. Did he do he's like so high chi with you? No, the the one weird uh, incident I had with him was we were all we were playing a festival, uh, and we were in our green room, and there's a bunch of people in our green room, and we're partying, doing our thing. He he walks in to our green room unannounced, opens the door, walks in, leans against the wall, doesn't say a word, looks around, and goes, "Man, your green room's messy." And then he leaves. And that was it. That was the whole <laughs> that was the whole experience. And we were all like, did Jared Leto just come in and talk shit about our green room and leave? I thought the you were going to be like, he walked in, farted, and then left. Like, I could tell you that kind of a guy. That's, we've heard all sorts of stories like that. About, yeah, like, he's a weird fucking guy. Yeah, I mean, like do things like, else? you know, tell his manager, like, hey, I, I, I really don't like this guy. So, you know, 20 minutes into this meeting, come in and say, I got to do something. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And then the manager would come in and say, like, hey, you got that thing. And he'd be like, I'm in a fucking meeting. You know, I, rem like <laughs> I remember one festival we played, they had pictures of the three of their faces from 30 Seconds to Mars. Like, these guys, all access, can ask escort or whatever. And on all oh, of them, pe pe yeah, people had drawn, like, mustaches and glasses on shit all over their faces. That stuff is always funny when they're... When it when it's like four dudes who look the same and they want to put like no past. Yeah. 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 And then I, they I all did it. I, I, I couldn't get back into our own show once. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Security's the best. Yeah. Jesus I take solace in the fact that Jared Leto, like, he's won how many Oscars and, like, he's at the top of, like, the film game that you can get. And he's still basically struggling in his music career. And I don't even mean money-wise, because, like, they play to, like, 300 million people in Eastern Europe and that. But, like, he knows that he hasn't, like, gathered the respect of being, like, a legitimate band. 
and yeah, there's some yeah. kind of funny it's driving him nuts he's, my yeah, my production like, fucking, why won't they respect me <laughs> my production manager used to manage 30 seconds to mars uh and would go out on the road with them to like handle jared really and he's told me some star i'm not gonna i'm not i'm gonna get it wrong but something about he always had to have a plane ready to go after a show with open destinations because they don't know where jared wants to go until he gets oh off stage god yeah it was what like that yeah Oh shit, here comes Jesse. Everybody hide. <laughs> Hello, Jesse. Hey, Hi, Jesse. What's going on? Hi, guys. Hey, man. Oh, someone's in a car. We're what's up, Jess Boy? <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know we could do that. Jared Leto right now. If you got anything you want to say to Jared Leto. Yeah, do you have any any celebrities that you've met that you like unequivocally hate or think they're a douchebag? It's a great way to start this. I've not really met any celebrities. Well, not many, at least, other than Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, come on. You like me. I, I thought I was going to have time to, like, you know, get prepped here and think of answers and stuff, but it's straight into No, what, straight to shit talking. About? Yeah, we're right, just hating yeah. right now. I'll tell, tell me you why. Who, we we toured with the Airborne Toxic event, and. Oh, God. They treated us. Well, I shouldn't say they. The, the band, the most of the band was cool with them, but the lead singer was a complete dick to us and this was way back so i don't know maybe he was going through something on that tour but he was a complete fucking but dick it's even us. funnier when somebody's a dick and they don't really deserve to be like i'm better sorry where would i where would i know you from again you know better, what I mean? better like, than ezra was the biggest asshole i ever opened for because that guy needed his, said that. that he needed his on-stage experience to be perfect you and, don't deserve uh, to be an asshole like get the fuck out of here I was that ever, mcdonald joke a guy came in uh, better than Ezra came in second, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't even, I'm gonna fuck it up. But there's that better than Ezra and Norm McDonald jokes, like one of the greatest jokes ever. Uh, yeah. Dude, I, I've 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 been a part of some real shitbag shows, but the one person who like you're talking about the security thing, the person who I opened for or played a show with who had the most security was Pitbull, and he deserved it because Pitbull's the fucking man. It's the also, worldwide, baby. Why was I on a bill with Pitbull? Is a better question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't he know. Seems like, he seems like a nice guy. I wanted to meet him. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. I just wanted to say Dale one time. Remember, never got, never remember got when there him. was a he did a partnership with Walmart years ago and they there was a contest to like Pitbull is gonna come to a Walmart and you have to vote <laughs> and uh Reddit Reddit overtook the vote and they sent him to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit man, those kids—they'll do anything. That's great. Yeah. All right, Dante. So I was gonna say, is—is is it true that Jared Leto's birthday is on Christmas? Or did he just—is he—is he take his messiah? Is that a coincidence like, or is that like yeah. you know what but I is mean? Is that like, real? Is he really say that or is that? The, the I, case? I saw it on trending on Twitter on Christmas. Happy birthday, Jared Leto. His birthday is whenever he wants it to be. You know what I mean? Well, he, he needs an open-ended birthday because he I, never knows what he wants to celebrate. I feel like I'm in the minority in the Jared Leto talk right here. Are you a Jared Why? Because you've fan? had you've had great experiences with him. No, so I we played a bamboozle way back in the day when it was still a thing on uh, the shore, and they closed out the day we were on. And I thought I always assumed it was like you said, like it was just like a pet side project that he funded and because he wanted to be a musician so bad. So I didn't really give them any credit. And then I went and saw their set and I was not blown away, but I was very impressed. 
From what well, I, well, how many 360s did first, he do with man. giant balloons falling in the fucking sky and his brother who's so fucking yoked barely playing drums with like a full rack symbols system and shit? Like, I fucking, see, I've, had that, I've had that experience. You know, that, seeing that's them close out with kings, Seeing them close out with kings and queens and like there was a good crowd there. That song's pretty, I'd say it's probably their best. I was, I was like, wow, this guy's actually pretty talented yeah but you also like MG, you also like mgk a little bit i'm not even saying he's not talented or anything i'm just saying that for whatever reason he hasn't like gotten the respect of the music community and no matter how many millions of albums or tickets he sells like i know for him it's still like he goes home at night and is upset about that because he's such yeah. a fucking high yeah. a, like i've won all the oscars i've won all this but like most bands don't consider, I, I don't know, they don't consider them in like a real band. I'm yeah, like we're like, you don't belong here. You know yeah, what I mean? Because you yeah, already have 300 million thing, in the though. bank. That's a weird thing where musicians can become actors and they can get accepted, but it's very hard to go the opposite direction. Yeah, that true. Is. Great point. Yeah, yeah, really true. Yeah, actually. It, it, well, I think it's part of the thing is like when you have like skeptical, jaded musicians and we look at somebody with $300 million in the bank and we're like, oh, so you skipped a line. That's cool. Speaking yeah. of, have you seen the new, uh, uh, it's like a Dior commercial with Johnny Depp playing guitar in the desert and shit? You're like, what yeah. the fuck is happening for yeah, a wolf? Yeah. Yeah, he's just playing so, so, so sick. Don't make me like him. Sauvage. Sauvage. Yeah. yeah. Well, but from what right, I understand, he, was, he did music first. Jared Leto wanted to be in a band before he became an actor. Yeah, I think that is that is true. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, oh, well, to his credit. Being just, good looking really paid off for him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Requiem for a Dream will still live on, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, same. And now he's a fucking vampire in a Marvel movie, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Dave, <laughs> we haven't asked you yet. Do you have anybody who you unequivocally hate that you've met? Uh, I know I know who. <laughs> I know one. Well, <laughs> fucking John Cusack. That's an easy one. Uh, he's a fucking cunt. <laughs> I know. Wait, let, let's go back. Let's go back a little bit because I don't know if the Congos know that Dave was trending video. on Twitter because he got into it with John Cusack outside of like a I, I don't know. Or something. Tell, tell me about that. So, video, yeah. Long story short, I got this little bullshit list where. So, okay, back it up to 2016. The White Sox traded every single player on the team that had any value of any significance. And they basically said, we're going to lose 100 games a year for the next couple of years. But right after that, we're going to rebuild from scratch and we're going to be good again. And I could see it like exactly what they're doing. And I knew that they were going to be good come 2020, 2021. So last year was a pandemic year, obviously. No fans in stadiums all across the world, blah, blah, blah. This year they make the playoffs and it's the first game in Chicago. Well, on the south side of Chicago where there's a playoff game. Uh, in 10 and 12 years, actually, since 2008, 13 years. So John Cusack, Chicago guy, where Chicago honestly, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he was on this list where I said, if you, if you even think about jumping off the Sox bandwagon when they're bad, don't come back on when they're good because they're going to be good. So I put John Cusack on it because he would constantly go to Cubs games. Fast forward to October of this year, I see him outside of the first home playoff game for the White Sox. And I was shit-faced out of my mind. I was super fucking pumped, ready to, you know, celebrate my first playoff game in over a decade. So I walked up to him, and he, uh, I'm like, hey, man, like, you're not supposed to be here. You're banned from the stadium. Like, go back to the Cubs side of town. Go back to the north side. <laughs> and he chests me up, and he starts fucking doing the middle, the two-finger, like, chest bump thing. And I was like, <laughs> whoa. So then I was like, all right, well, now I got to, like, 
tell him what's up. So like, then I was like, Oh dude, no, like I'm serious. But I was just joking around at first. And then next morning I wake up and like fucking foxes hit me up. Uh, the New York post had articles on it. Edward Snowden was commenting <laughs> on it. Yeah, Edward Snowden commented about it. Like the entire world fucking saw it. And I'm like, I fucking hate John Cusack guts. Because John was going off on Twitter too, like tweeting the gnarliest things about Dave, weird. just like ranting so hard. Everybody's like, "Holy fucking shit!" He was he, he was call, like Dave's breath stinks. <laughs> I mean, I was him probably a foul little awesome. boy. Foul yeah. little boy. So uh, we monetized it, put sweatshirts out, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jokes on you, John. What yeah. about his sister? Uh, she wasn't there. He was there with some like twenty-two-year-old, completely fucking smoke show with big fake tits, and she was <laughs> just like watching the whole thing, like what the fuck's going on. She loves the socks. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! So, yeah, I love it. But that's the easy one. Aside from that, like on a personal confrontation, I don't think that I've ever been like, "Yo, that guy's a fucking cunt." Um, <laughs> and I'm saying cunt because I assume the South Africans in our midst love that word. Um, I thought you were going to say I'm going to assume the South Africans are cunts. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Right? Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. The word's fine. It's not that. It's not offensive, really. Yeah, the, Afri- the the South African version of that word is poos. P o e s. Yeah, it's a fucking poos, mate. They have two words for cunt in Afrikaans. They have dus and poos. And dus is like endearing, and poos is offensive. Oh, the endearing version. Dave, you're 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 using both of them now. I want you to start using those in random lexicon. Just be in a conversation. I will. will. Well, (laughs) that's why I started saying cunt so much because my buddy played for the Red Sox and there was two New Zealand dudes on his team, and they would say cunt like every other word. So I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like Americans like cringe when they hear that word, and I'm just like put it out there left and right. No, I mean the the English and the Scottish. They have like our tour manager Mick. He's taught us. I don't know how many words for like clunge and and, and then like, all, the, all the yeah they they have a, a million words you know bell, they have great words for dicks too like bell end and all you know everything we got to get Mick on this podcast yeah, he's fucking really gold he's gold yeah. you need what a, a you need a real time translator though for Scottish yeah, what's a cl- yeah, yeah. what's a clunge uh, I think it's like a it's like there's an element of swamp involved. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. I think it just sounds correct. You know. I'm out here with my boys trying to go get some clunge tonight. <laughs> now say it in a Scottish accent. It'll make sense. I can't do accents, bro. It's impossible. I. I have. I You're doing do one right now. Well, yeah, I have my accent, but I can't do like. A fucking British accent. I just wound up sounding Jamaican, and I just is racist and terrible. I don't. Like I it. love asking Scottish people to do an American accent because <laughs> they're yeah, first yeah. like what they hear us as. You're like, that's not what I sound like. They're like, that's well, exactly what you sound like. I'm like, what's that? What's that joke about the um, British and Jamaican accent? You know, say say beer can in a British accent. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, beer, uh, beer can, beer can. Yeah, now say, oh, say, now say bacon in a Jamaican accent. Bacon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, hold on. What's a, what's an American accent sound like to you guys? Popcorn, chewing gum. Popcorn, chewing gum. Hot dogs. Just, you know. See, Dante's got a sick accent, dude. I love when Dante gets real Massachusetts on us. Dude, every now and then he'll say the most Massachusetts thing possible. Like, yeah, I'm from Worcester. What's that? Yeah, and, you know, and Dave's got a wicked Chicago accent too. So, and Colin's got a Philly accent. You fucks. Is that what it is? 
And, yeah, yeah, and then Kenny, and then Kenny sounds like he's a Valley girl. He just Kenny sounds incredibly <laughs> Los Angeles to me. I'm so fucking LA, you guys. You don't even know. Well, it's like also on your records, Kenny, the like kick flipping and some of the other ones. You, you, it's like you overdo it. You know, say all your R's to the yeah, 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 yeah. R's, baby. Yeah, I like to pronunciate. I was told to enunciate. I want you to have like a real Compton accent. I want you to start sounding like fucking. Kendrick Lamar when he's going in, dude. It'd be, it'd be so not believable. It's, <laughs> it's so good. Start saying, talking about like inside lefts or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah want, surfer terms. Yeah, yeah, just start fucking, uh, just start saying cuh a lot. Pick a side and go with either blood or crip and just go real hard that way. I've been trying but to make does, myself stop saying bruh all the time. Bruh. <laughs> I'm trying to cut that one out. Does Florida have an accent? Like other than, I, mean, I guess, southern, right? Or is there like a really yeah. specific? No, no, it's got, it's got Southern. We like, like oil, like oil is one syllable and like cups and like sound all is during racist, the day. Sound as racist as humanly possible. And you've nailed the Florida accent. Yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah. 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 My, well, in my, most of my family's from Louisiana and that Cajun accent is so specific. So, it's great. Like wait, it's such its own thing. Cause my wife's family's all from like Cajun. I think we've talked about that before and thanks for remembering. But yeah, my, my dad's like fifth generation <laughs> New Orleans born and like oh, right. my grandma's like, well, hey, Sugar Plum, how you doing today? Like super Southern. That's not bad. I'll tell you the Cajun accent is literally the hardest accent because like, everyone can kind of fake like a Chicago accent or New York or whatever, like Cajun yeah. impossible. I mean, where else do you get French Southern? Like that's yeah. such I mean, a weird thing. In a, in a, in a, what's it called? Nova Scotia. Canada, Nova Scotia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotia, like uh, what is it I've called? heard in Maine they got like uh, it's like a different language when you get up towards French Canada. Yeah, there's like, there's a part of front of Canada where they have like a something really close to a Cajun accent. Well, it's weird. because the Nova Scotians. Right. I don't want to get too technical for you, but the Nova Scotians came down to like Louisiana in mm -hmm. the I think 1800s. So they are totally. Do you, totally. know you know how bad that would fuck me up if I went to Canada? Like, I just woke up in Canada, did, didn't know where I was, and they started speaking Creole. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? I have, there's, I, there's not a lot of good stuff in Canada. <laughs> no, there's you'd not. Think it, you'd think it was just Justin Trudeau again. Except for, <laughs> except for when I was on tour with the fucking Congos brothers going through Canada in the dead of winter, negative 39 degrees Fahrenheit, and Jesse is walking outside in fucking shorts like a psycho. Uh, yeah. I, oh. Hey, I had a heavy winter jacket on and snow boots. But. <laughs> You're in fucking shorts. It was negative 40 degrees, and he's yeah, just out there you know in shorts. Because it was 100 yards from the hotel to the bus, and I wasn't going to change twice. Oh, so. God, I had nine pairs of pants on. <laughs> Hold on. We haven't gone to Dante yet. Dante, I feel like you've met more famous people than most of us. Do you have anybody? Yeah, true. Uh, usually it's the other way around. Usually I go into meeting somebody and not having a high opinion of them and they surprise me. And then I'm like a fan. My, my friends give me relentless shit for it because I flip and then I'm like their biggest fan. Once I find out they're actually <laughs> decent people. He's like Fred Durst is actually incredible. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, that, the, the one that came to mind right away though, that was the opposite is uh, Sam Hunt. He's a, he's a dickhead. I see. Nice. I would have figured that. I would have figured that the second that I like yeah. heard that guy's music, I would have been like, "This guy's probably a douchebag." See, I thought the opposite. I thought he was like, you know, his story. He was, you know, football guy who couldn't play football because injuries, and he worked his ass off to make it into music. And he kind of started his own little lane. And I, you know, I was like, this guy sounds like a 
and hardworking guy. I have a big problem with people that treat their people and like mm. staff people like shit. Yeah. Uh, and are rude. I just, I think it's like the one of the worst traits. I took a girl to a, a Sam Hunt concert like four or five years ago at Joe's on Weed Street, like right as he was getting big. And I walked in and I didn't really know who he was at the time. And I was like, that guy is the hottest guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, swear to God, I was like, so Joe's on Weed Street, it's like a pit. It's like GA, everybody's floor level. And um, only holds like eight, 900 people maybe. And I swear to God, she was like salivating. And I was like, can you look at me, asshole? <laughs> like, I know he's hot. Like, he's exceptionally hot, but you don't have to sit there and like fucking drool over there. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Dave got his girl all revved up to go home with him by showing him someone unequivocally more attractive. Well, we did the Today <laughs> Show that one time with, uh, and Mickey Rock was also on the show. Shut oh, up, really? <laughs> yeah, he went in at I think it was one of the showrunners or the intern or something like that. Like I don't know what happened. It's like maybe they were going to ask him something on the show that he hadn't pre-cleared, but like he was just in the dressing room. Go, you fucking kidding me? You, I'm not fucking doing that. You know, and it's like very <laughs> tense. Like I think Jay Leno was in there too. The whole place went quiet. It just <laughs> ruined. It's weird ruins to watch everybody. him do the interview nor- like relatively normally, and then as soon as they cut, he was like, "We done here?" And he took it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's shitty. So, that's why when Kenny told us his story about beating that guy up, that was an asshole at the restaurant, I was like, "Yes, we need more. Kenny. We need more people. We need more people like that." Who, was it Mickey Rourke? Did I, I miss that? <laughs> no, I, yeah, it was just some random drunk <laughs> meth head Rourke in fucking Santa bad. Monica. I actually, at one time, I almost got, uh, this guy wasn't famous, but he was being a dick to all the staff. Um, this is going to be a big name drop, but when we opened for the Stones, I almost got AWOL <laughs> kicked off every iHeart show for the rest of their career uh, because the, the, the like head of iHeart was there. And there was an issue with our merch, whatever the fuck it was, and we had a merch girl the guy from iHeart was screaming at her in her face and then proceeded to grab her by the fucking shoulders. And so I shoved him back and like caused the whole thing. And then everybody's like, Kenny, you did the right thing, but yo, get the fuck out of here right now. Like, don't show your face for a minute. Cause like AWOL's fucked now for years kind of thing. I was like, dude, oh, was this, dude if you ask why, why radio and everything's fucked, it's that kind of situation. Oh, Cause yeah, I get yeah, one so yeah. scared of it. Like, the head of iHeart not putting you on their heavy rotation. It's like, yo, he up. grabbed her. Like, grabbed, like, aggressively grabbed this small girl. And I was like, no, 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 dude. No, I don't care who the fuck you are. I'm Maybe sorry. he had the lanyard that said he could do that, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you not see the pass on the wall? It says that I can grab women, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I had a situation like that with Live Nation people where somebody was very, very yelling and rude to Erica, who's our other singer, who, like, I'm a pretty calm dude, but I'm a pit bull if you get in Erica's face. I fucking snapped out on this dude. And you've never seen anybody turn into more of a bitch more quickly than this fucking guy. He was legitimately <laughs> chastising Erica for not moving fast enough when his fucking job was to move our gear. I snapped the fuck out. I went from very calm to very Northeast Philly very fast. <laughs> and that motherfucker was tap dancing for the rest of the night. So I, I, I you know, what's I, a, you know, what's a great relationship is touring crew guys versus local crew. That's oh, a really yeah. fun thing to oh, see yeah. go down. I see Mo, like these guys, who's the sweetest guy in the entire world, just because the local crew would just be like sitting, not doing anything. And Mo's like carrying crazy heavy shit. He's like, I guess I'll just take a nap too, guys. <laughs> Keep walking past him and shit. It's so good. He was our like, uh, what's the word? PH test or bellwether. Like, 
if local crew treated Mo like shit, it's because they were dicks. Because this yeah. our our stage manager guy literally. I've never met a person on earth who doesn't instantly just love him. He's like the yeah, most yeah, yeah. open-hearted, friendly person on earth. And then occasionally some local stage guy would be in a fight with him and like, oh, this guy's a complete Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. You know what, Mo might know, be my you know favorite person on earth. Him is, uh, is, is we did on that AWOL tour, we, spent, we were there for, we were doing an opening for Dispatch too on that tour. So it was like five weeks of gray, haven't seen the sun. Then we were in the UK for, and we we're doing other stuff there. So it was weeks in drizzle and stuff like that and just english things getting on mo's nerves and it finally turned him it it, it made him he, he's, <laughs> he goes i'm fucking sick of europe dude i just want to put I, I just want to fucking put a map of america under my pillow i'm gonna drink <laughs> pizza i'm gonna drink a pizza and wi-fi and then we were driving around and like old ladies would be crossing at the crosswalk and just be like, fucking hurry up, bitch. <laughs> so the UK just, it, it finally... It, uh, it does that to a yeah, lot of it, people. Right. <laughs> then as All soon right. as we landed in New York, we went and got, you know, some Prince Street or whatever uh, pizza and, like, he was revived. <laughs> <laughs> He's back, baby. <laughs> All right, that's how, we're, that's how we're ending this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Congo, uh, what do you guys have coming up? Anything of note? Anything worth talking about? I mean, nothing that we can give dates on, but like we're going to be finishing out the third of our three-part album early next year, and then just a shitload of music. Probably every week or every two weeks, we're we'll putting out a song. Um, and I'm going to plug our Discord. Like I was going to say, push that Discord, man, because yeah, it's a really yeah, it's good just, time. I, I've been in that Discord. And it's a good time, and it's a really interesting, cool way to connect with fans. So yeah, we should do that. one of these on the Discord. Oh yeah, we'd yeah, love yeah. to have you guys on. Just yeah. come talk some shit. Yeah. Oh, also, I had this idea before we started, but Dave and Dante work for Barstool Sports, and they have a fighting league called Rough and Rowdy. Can we get one of you guys to fight Kenny? Yeah, like piece physically. of cake. <laughs> two of us. Two of yeah, us. I'm yeah. not fighting Kenny by my <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two of you can fight Kenny, but Kenny gets a two-by-four. Yeah, a little Kenny. scrappy Kenny Asian kid. Kenny, can, right, like can, uh, can we bring his sister a wakeboarding taekwondo champion? To, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. How can you uh, back to seriousness? How can people find you on the Discord? Do they need to DM you on Insta to get the invite, we, or how does that work? We've got a link in our uh, bio on Instagram. I've kind of put it everywhere on our things, but typically you need an invite, which is kind of a, a plus minus thing. Like it's hard to get in. Not like, a, like I don't mean like we've got a velvet rope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's not like out there, but you can find it. Yeah, so so basically, you're just telling people just like go find it on your own, bitches. Well, so honestly, it's like you don't want people like that's part of it. If someone asks for an invite to come somewhere, there's a different psychology. Like they want to be there. Like we don't right. want people that are just going to come there and not get involved because then we've got Instagram and Twitter for that shit. Right, right, right. Yeah, copy, copy. Yeah, and your Spotify page. Like people come there and they don't do anything. Yeah, they don't listen. <laughs> and then after videos. you join, it's just a tithe. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Congo's. Your seat's always open. You boys are always welcome. It was a pleasure. Uh, good luck in 2022. Uh, you'll come back, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. All right, cool. Uh, Kenny, any like parting words you want to say to these guys? No, I was going to say something nice, but I decided against it. So whatever. Oh, Fuck I'll these guys. We'll, we'll see their shit. 
Well, I mean, nothing. These are some of my favorite people in the entire world and, and incredible musicians. And I just, and their Discord, again, was a really good time. I've been on there twice, and I like the idea of that becoming a thing. So I really want people to go find them, go to their Instagram, find that link, get the invite, and, and just go hang out with all of us there and listen to new music and, and all that shit. Let's make a track, dude. Send me some stems. Dude, I just got this. Fu- well, first, yeah. First off, where's my fucking stems, Johnny? That's on, that's on me. I don't think we have stems of that track, but we're going to make them. I'll send them to you. Well, Jesse actually gets stuff done. So, Jesse, I need birds okay. do it stems because uh, I want to <laughs> remix the shit out of that song. But I just, I'm just i building this studio here to be kind of like a stream lab. And I think it'd be cool to do some sort of collab thing on chord, you know, in real time. Yeah, yeah. Where, nice. Is that at your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved everything from my studio in Van Nuys to this house so that I can actually work. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how it starts and it's also how it ends, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't wait for it to end. I'm I'm on my last straw here, man. It's great. I like it here. God, that was depressing as fuck. I can't wait for it to end. <laughs> and that's how we end this. Uh everybody go join the Congo's Discord, check out their music. Gentlemen, we'll see you soon. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Colin. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Bye, friends. All right, so that was our final interview of 2021 with Congos. Go check out everything they have going on, their Discord. I, it's not like they drop any good music, so we're not really worried about pushing that. But good guys, I, dude, we got off, we got off that interview and we were like, those guys, that's a fun. They're fun. I love. I completely them fucking on, forgot they were out in Arizona until they started saying it. Otherwise, I would have hit them up. <laughs> if we were still going out there. Um, but yeah, good dudes, man. They do got good music. I love their music, dude. It's I'm starting so to watch them. Random. I'm starting to watch them interact in our world. Like they were tweeting back and forth with Robbie Fox today. And then they were tweeting uh, Bruce Warren, who runs WXPN and World Cafe, who's like my musical dad. He's like one of my fucking favorite people on earth. And I was like, are Congos coming into the muck with us or are we starting to hang out with them? I can't tell which one of the two it is, but they're great fucking dudes and I can't wait to have them back on. I was talking to them. This is just how they are. I was DMing them, sending them the cover art for tomorrow's episode. And they DM me back and said, who is this? And I said, it's Colin. And they were like, no, who the fuck is this account? And I was like, wait, what? And I was like, is this Congos? And they were like, yeah, I'm fucking with you, dude. <laughs> I was like, Yo, I, f- I hate you guys. They, Yeah, they are ball busters, man. And yeah. I, I wanted to ask this, but I didn't want to look like a fucking idiot. But so what's the relationship? Like, how do you? Brothers. No, no. Them, do fucking, like you. Yeah, like you guys and them. Like, how they, did this come about? They toured with AWOL Nation. And then okay. they took... So they went from opening for AWOL to then five years later, taking Kenny's band fitness on tour to open for them. So they've had this weird cyclical relationship, but they used to go on radio shows. Like they would go on full Twitter wars where they would be like Congo sucks from the one account. And the other one would be like, has anybody even fucking heard of fitness? These fucking two washed up losers. (laughs) And so I, from an outsider's perspective before Kenny was ever involved in this would always just be like, this is, hilarious so when kenny came in i was like dude can we get them to come on and just rip each other apart and the first interview they came on and did it was just an hour of them telling stories about how bad the other band sucks or like all yeah. this shit that would happen it was, it was really fucking funny and that's another thing like about this past year like the people that we've gotten access to is fucking insane dude like when, like when we met Roberts, you weren't there you were you were doing something else it was me and chief and I hadn't met Robert in person yet, but I'll, I'll text him like every, you know, every few weeks uh, randomly. And uh, when he walked in, like he introduced himself to me because he saw me before I saw him. And it was weird. I was like, dude, that's fucking been, this is not real life, man. Dude, 
Like the lead singer of one of my favorite fucking bands ever came up to me and introduced himself. That is a weird fucking feeling. And what we've done this year, I've, I've been looking at it from like a fucking outside perspective this year. This whole time that we've been working through the pandemic and all this shit, trying to get our feet right, getting Kenny and Dante involved was building our book, building it to, to be able to go to other bigger people and be like, look who we've already had on. Look at all the shit that we've done. And then this year we can take all that fucking hard work and then really exploit it and really start yeah. to like move up. The, I'm pumped. And now we're actually getting to be in the same room with each other. Like we got to be in the room with Chicago. We had Tampa. I fully want to do Nashville and LA next. Those are my next two goals. Like I want to, I want to get out to LA and live in Kenny's world for a week. See what the fuck he's. I would love to do that for, for a week in like February or something when there's like not shit to do in sports world. Yeah. I mean, dude, I don't think I can handle the secondhand smoke. <laughs> I think I would, I think I would just be stoned out of my mind. Fucking the whole trip. I don't ever want to do this and like give Kenny credit, but like, dude, what a guy. Like, I'm, like, I know he's like our boy at this point and everything, but like for him to just come in and be like, I think this is a good idea. Here's my, here's my black book. Call everybody you want. And I think going to LA and getting to be in like Dante for real, bring a gas mask because he, he fucking, oh, I mean, he don't, he don't stop. And like, <laughs> it, it works for him. Obviously. It, it works for him because the weed doesn't affect him in the way that it would affect any of us. But yeah, I uh, agree. Even though, even though he fucking bailed on us for the season ending episode, uh, uh, I still knock on wood. I still think any day now he's going to message us and be like, guys, sorry, I'm, I'm just too busy. Like, I don't no. know if I'm gonna be able to do it anymore. Well, I just keep waiting for that, but ain't he's happening. Fucking, he's ride or die, man. He's all about it. I'm, I'm grateful and impressed. I've said this from the beginning, but like I texted him after like the first time he came on. And I was like, are you, it's something I've been trying to get better at this year is like not being as much like, thank you for taking the time. Like, I really appreciate you coming down to our level. It was, it was like, literally like, dude, thank you so much. And he's like, this is a good idea. Like, why wouldn't we do this? And that was my first inclination. Like, oh shit, this might actually be a good fucking idea. And from like him getting us Duddy B fits in the tantrums, all these motherfuckers that he shared time with on the road to come on and get on this. It's only up from here, oh, boys. Yeah. And I- he, he, Kenny's the fucking best, man. I love people that are, that you have to kind of find out how well-rounded they are because they yes. don't post it at all. Yeah, he's as well-rounded a fucking dude as there is. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Fucking smart. He's funny. He's charming, and he's got that perfect asshole in him. You know, yep. huge asshole. Huge asshole. But like our asshole. He's our fucking. Asshole, yeah. He's our fucking dog, and I appreciate him. Um, let's go, let's, let's, let's start this off. Let's get through segments for the last ones of this year. Uh, let's do on list off the list. Uh, Dave, your hungover ass can start with your on the list. On the list for me is, um, what the fuck is this thing called? Uh, reels. I think reels on Instagram. So I'm assuming that's like what TikTok is, correct? It's like their version of it. Yeah, I have gotten so fucking lost watching people like cook steaks and shit on this thing today. <laughs> it was the most mindless fucking couple hours I killed in my entire life. I was like, "How'd you find? How'd you find stuff, Dave?" Uh, I the algorithm picks it up. So once you watch like one video, it knows what you're looking for. So I'm just watching a bunch of guys sear steaks right now. Like for I'll just on to the next one, on to the next one. <laughs> so your oh, whole feed is just yeah. steak. It's it's been my best friend today. Just like steak and titties, and that's it. Pretty much. Oh yeah, there's lots of that. If you look yeah. at my, uh, 
Oh, actually, ours <laughs> not. TikTok yeah, is the horniest place. Uh, on I don't know. The light's bad, but yeah. uh, my algorithm is just a bunch of Instagram models and guitars right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Mark we talked about we talked about Kenny, but I, Dave. What I've learned about you this year is you are you, and there's no there's no middle ground. There you are who you are, and I fucking love you for it. Oh, that's I really do. <laughs> Dante. Ooh, same color for you, right? Same exact color. Ooh, beautiful. Dante, who's on your list? I got a I got a stupid question, guitar sure. question. Sure. Um, the long part is the neck, right? That's your neck, yeah. How do those, do those come in different sizes? Because obviously people are shorter and longer, have longer yeah. like arm spans. Like what, how do those get measured? You can usually, cause a guitar is built um, in 12 frets, right? So it's from the top. There's little metal things that go in between yeah, yeah. the frets. You get 12 frets until the neck restarts. Different guitars have like different styles of guitars, like a Fender Stratocaster and a Gibson Les Paul. Their necks are built in different, thicknesses and widths so really the, like acoustic guitars like taylor and fender they make shorter model guitars for smaller people but electric guitars are kind of one size fits all um but the, you really? can find you can find strat necks that are thinner or less paul necks that are thicker or thinner like you you can try them out but but the length no, is the length is always going to be standard because yeah, i mean because they, if you stretch the the strings out it changes the the tone right so they have to yeah. be a set length exactly yeah Got and, and just 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 for like like if you solo if you solo like on a guitar neck there's what's called a double dot the 12th fret has two inlays that denotes that the neck is going to start over like you need that amount of space to be able to play an actual guitar um but i mean they they do make shrunken down versions you look at dave's yeah see the dots the inlays that that kind of denotes where you are on the neck um but yeah, like all guitar, like a lot of different guitars have different widths and, and thicknesses to the neck, but like you're getting one size basically. I mean, some like I know Kenny plays a jazz master, like they'll they'll shrink those down a little bit. Like and you can get junior size guitars and stuff like that. But I mean, acoustics are much more malleable. Um, that's a good question, actually. Got it. Yeah, I always wondered that. All right. Um, back to on the list. Uh, this is gonna be a weird one, but hear me out. Uh, chicken soup. Ooh, go ahead. I'm telling you, I know it's like an old wives tale, myth, whatever the hell you want to call it, but there is magic in chicken soup, man. And I'm not talking like Campbell's off the rack, although no. that's not, not terrible if you're in a bind, but yeah. if you make your own chicken soup there's in the wintertime, there's very few things that are better. And if you're sick, like I was sick as shit over this weekend, Yeah, I tested every day. I think these COVID tests are bullshit now because they kept coming up negative. You had the same issue, didn't you? I did. Well, my wife did. I didn't. Mine came up positive right away. They, I, I knew it. When we were recording the last episode, I, yeah. I fucking knew it. I'm still mad I didn't test myself on the podcast because that would have been electric, electric content. Just it would have showed up positive, right? It would have showed up positive. Yeah, uh, so I kept showing up negative, whatever. I had something. I was fucking down for the count. My fiance was like, can you go make chicken soup? Which, you know, she loves. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I went to Whole Foods, got my shit. It's like five ingredients. Yep. Let it cook that's all day. Good. One pot. Dude, you want, you want a, a little secret for chicken noodle soup? 
Ooh, yeah. Did you go gotta, chicken or chicken noodle? Uh, so I do. So this is what I do. I get a. I do. The only cheat I use is I get a rotisserie chicken from Whole yeah. Foods. They're already cooked. Yep. And I boil that to get all the, you know, the goodness out <laughs> of the bones and the skin and everything. Yep. Then I'll pull that, let it dry out, cool down. I'll chop up the carrots, parsnips, onion, and celery. Dump that in with some stock. Let that boil down. Then I'll break apart the chicken, throw the chicken in there. And then in a separate pot, I'll do wide egg noodles. Ooh, yeah, that's, yeah, dude, next time use a couple of squeezes of lemon. I swear to God, it's it's game changer for a chicken noodle soup. I, uh, that's like uh, Asian soup always yep. has lemon in it. It's so fucking good. I it's can't think so of the name. Of it. Yeah. Dave, uh, you're, Dave, you're a big soup guy, right? I like to fuck like on, on Sundays. I'll fuck around with uh, different soups. Yeah, I got. I made an awesome broccoli cheddar. The key to that one is just a about a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg. No shit. Really? So for a, a cheese-based soup, but it is fucking awesome. You just get that little hint of it. Dude, I love a broccoli cheddar, but I worked at Panera Bread in college. What is it, man? Uh, it was, the first off, the worst job I've ever had in my entire life. But, <laughs> dude, they used to freeze the bags of soup, and you drop it into this, like, vat of boiling water, right? Yeah. So I go in. I, you, have to wear, you have to wear these fucking, like, nuclear power plant gloves to take it out. I take it out, and I notice the bottom of the bag is ripping. It ripped and went inside the gloves. So I'm sitting there getting cooked. I took it out and like literally skin was like peeling off my, I will never look at broccoli cheddar soup the same way, dog. Also, Oh, that's traumatizing. Don't ever work for Panera bread. Don't ever. Their fucking bread bowls are so good. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I used to all my, the entire reason I worked there is because I was poor and in college, you could just take all the food you wanted. I lived on Panera bread. That's awesome. I also invented something at Panera Bread, which I'm sure they're going to wind up stealing from me one day. I used to take a baguette and just hollow it out. And then I would shove like horseradish sauce, fucking cheddar cheese, roast beef, onions, all this shit in there. And then I would panini press it. And then I would shove the bread back on top, make like a homemade Hot Pocket. Now I called it this fire. I called that shit the stuffy. I legitimately went to my manager and I was like, we need to pitch this to corporate. <laughs> this is a game changer, dog. They were like, please stop stealing everything. Yo, Dave, in Chicago, in Chicago, you have to be like a soup person in the winter because you it's just so fucking cold. Yesterday, the weather was so gross. It was like the perfect soup day. Dave made me a chili last winter that was Ooh. off the charts, and he has to make it again this winter because I'm was- a fucking big chili guy. I'm not a big soup guy. I, I'm, I've just never have been, although my mom's Italian wedding soup. Always fucking for every holiday. I, Dante, is your family like this with Italian ho- with, with holidays and shit? Like my mom treats Thanksgiving like it's another Italian holiday. Like my mom serves <laughs> wedding soup and has olives and fucking like sauteed asparagus and ravioli on the table for Thanksgiving. We just have uh, we do lasagna. I love lasagna. That's a big thing. This year we yeah. we did a uh, Super easy thing. to make in a crock pot. Don't even have to boil noodles either. No shit. Yeah. Oh, dude. Speaking of food, I just had an Indian food for the first time ever. Indian Underwhel- food is really good. Underwhelming. Didn't, didn't, didn't love it. I, I liked it 
didn't love it. It was okay. Well, this also goes into my on the list, uh, and it's my sense of taste and smell because I finally got it back. I was without it for like a week. What a weird – and it sucked because it was the fucking holidays, and I'm eating oh, like yeah. a fucking – I'm eating like a fiend, and I have all this amazing – like, the people just dropped us off food on our front porch. I was eating like a fucking degenerate. I was so hungry, just went strictly off of texture. I had no idea. You could have given me anything, and I would have eaten it. Like, I, I had no taste of smell and anything, and it's, it's, it's bad. It's, in, it's weird to describe because I had that too, and I couldn't taste anything. And it's hard to describe other than if you've had it, people are like, I know exactly what you mean. Dude, my wife, my wife made fucking prime rib. Like, I got dropped off, like, tons of Italian, like, nothing. I was just eating, had no sense of anything. But uh, that's my on list. Dave, what's off the list for you? Off the list is uh, the Postmate driver who forgot my horchata when I ordered Mexican oh, food. Oh, that's a no-no, dude. Who ever had horchata? Yeah, it's fucking delicious. It is the best possible hangover drink there is on the planet. Because it's oh, super sugary, it's super light, it's it tastes delicious, and it's like really digestible. And I I go to this place called Mind Palace. Man, this turned into a food fucking podcast. I was gonna say, dude, I'm starving now. Awesome, but they don't have horchata, and so I ordered from another place specifically for the horchata, and it didn't come. I'm I'm heartbroken. When you specifically want something when you're hungover. There is nothing worse than not being able to get it. But I couldn't imagine putting the order in and waiting for it and then it not showing up. By the way, have you ever put alcohol in horchata? Yeah. Yeah, the little rum. It's fucking delicious. Bro, that's that's up my alley. I love a shitty, like, cream-based cocktail every once in a while. Delicious. I got to get uh, – what's that shit called? My buddy makes it in Philly in, like, fucking giant vats. It's, it's a horchata with rum in it. It's delicious. I don't know what it the, tastes uh, like. Uh, it tastes like rum chata. Yes, it's fucking delicious. Dave was yeah. just complaining because he didn't get his horchata. I know, I know the kid that invented rum chata. He's from Chicago. No shit. Yeah, he went to Wisconsin, fucking made it up there. His dad fucking patented, bottled it. They sold it for a fucking bajillion dollars. They're never working again. And that should be the drink of that should be the fucking hey, drink uh, of Chicago. Also, shameless plug. Um, Dave messages me either Saturday or Sunday morning, afternoon-ish, every week. It's either Saturday or Sunday saying, put your fucking chicken sandwich from up for <laughs> on yeah. Uber Eats yep. menu. It sucks because you were saying when you want hungover food and you have something set in your mind and you can't get it, it's all you think about. Yep. Dave does that every weekend. Oh, Dante, what's your hangover cure? You're, <laughs> this is like, this is a, again, like old school, like wives tale, like old Italian grandma, ginger ale. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always. You want. I can right. be, I, I can be dry heaving, dry heaving my brains out, just spins any ginger ale fucking cures everything. I don't know what it is. I don't even think there's like real ginger in it's ginger not. ale anymore. But no. it just, it cuts through the worst fucking hangovers. It's psychological at this point, dude. It's it's it's, it's like a, it is, yeah. Uh, mine is a Slurpee. Slurpees are my go-to hangover cure. There is absolutely no reason why that sugary. Like I could pound an entire gallon of orange juice right now. I bet. Like mm. anything sugary is what I need. You're like high functioning hungover person though, because you're doing a good job of actually oh, speaking. Dude, that doesn't upset your stomach, make you like sicker. No, dude. I just I'll. 
fucking straight from the bottle, fridge to mouth. <laughs> it's, That's how I do it, bro. Yeah, like, dude. I was. This is the busiest day I've I've had this hungover maybe ever. I was. Ugh. I I used like a quarter tank of gas driving around Chicago today. Did you get a Did you get a tuxedo? Yeah, I got one. Are Shout you gonna have to, to uh, modern formal tuxedos? Are you gonna have to like wear it on the plane? Because like, how are you gonna pack that? <laughs> you should just wear it on the plane. Look like a fucking lunatic. I uh, I don't know. I I don't care if it gets wrinkly though. They, hey, what are you doing? A video? I kind of like so Arizona's canceled. I'm making all my fucking New Year's Eve videos. I'm I'm uh, laying around yesterday, being a bum watching football, and I get an email from Dave Portnoy. It's me, Rico, Jerry, and Ed and Dan are going to do a stream for the college football games on New Year's Day. Uh, nice. East, rather. Where from? Uh, Jersey. Oh, do you want to, that'll be fun at least. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. It's built in plans. So now I don't have to fucking act like I care to see all my asshole friends. Dude, all my friends got the Rona right now. All of them. There's, I, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. I would, this I, is like, I went to Vegas for New Year's last year. I would have no problem not doing a single fucking thing for this New Year's. Like That's what just, I think I'm doing. I think for the first time ever, I'm fucking sitting at home. Yeah, why not? Football. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect fucking New Year's to me this year. Dude, last year, uh, my best friend bought a house around the corner from me, so we just went there. Like, we just had, like, a little little get-together. And uh, my fucking wife, we found her in the upstairs hallway just sitting there with her back against the wall. And we're like, I'm like, yeah, you all right? I carried her ass home. <laughs> Legit carried her home through the fucking snow. Shouts out Dana. I love her to death. Uh, Dante, who's off your list? Um... This was a tough one for me, but uh, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, these college football teams that are pulling out of these bowl games last minute. Um, brutal. brutal. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know health is like important and all this, and I hate agreeing with Clay Travis because he's fucking insufferable, but. He's a grifter. We're, we're talking about the like healthiest specimens on the planet. Like, one percent when we're talking about like college football division one athletes and they're not at risk most of them don't even know they're fucking sick when they're testing they're showing they're asymptomatic and when these teams are realizing like fuck we got 20 30 guys that are going to be in covid protocol and they're waiting up until like the day before and this Mm. is like not this is like outside of the arizona bowl and barstool but just in general, just seeing them like drop all this shit. I mean, it's just so fucking selfish. There's so much that goes into this shit. So many people's like year yep. revolves around this one specific weekend. And I don't know. I just think it's really fucking, I think it's really shitty. Economies of those towns. Seriously. Oh, big time, big time. It's big, bad, man. Like I, I'm, I'm over it. Like I'm, I, I, I don't want this to come off as like I was hiding my anti-safety, like anti-vax <laughs> bullshit. Cause I'm not like, I got vaccinated immediately and all that shit, but I am, I'm done with COVID. And I think a lot of people are starting to get to that point too. I'm over it, man. I got I mean, vaccinated they sh- and I don't give a shit. If you don't get vaccinated, I'm apparently healthy or <laughs> I'm apparently safe from this bullshit virus. 
Um, I don't know what we're talking about. I really don't know what we're talking about anymore. Everything's uh, there was an article today that that came out that said, like, uh, it turns out that cloth masks don't work at all. And I was like, I've been wearing a fucking cloth mask for the past two years. Like, what? Why are you telling me this? Like, stop. Like, you instituted their their like their covid mandates for the new year. They start the third, I think. I don't understand what the point of that is other than to flex nuts when you watch New York City, who is the covid capital of the entire planet right now has had those in place since August. Like, mm. it's so fuck. Like, they're throwing shit at the wall, and I'm over it. I'm done, you know? Hopefully 2022 means that we get we get back to some normalcy, because at this point, it doesn't seem like anything we're doing is working. So, I don't know. I just whooped the shit out of coronavirus. Come see me. It was um, the easiest thing I've ever gotten over my life. Not saying that people aren't dying from it. Of course they are. But... The only thing you can do is get vaxxed or decide not to. And I don't understand what we're, anybody can walk into a Walgreens and get vaxxed right now. Anybody can. Vax. Vax. I've done it like six times. I just keep going. No, I'm, sure. I'm fucking around. I'm, I'm not that much. No, but I'm sure people that. are. Like, people are, like, begging for more shots. Because this Crazy. pandemic has just rotted away the brains of all these assholes who think they're smarter than everybody. Facts. I love when Dave gets angry. Uh, my my off the list. I'm taking it back to music, and it's live performances with backing vocal tracks. It is one of my biggest pet peeves on God's green earth. You watch all these festivals, uh, like the Rolling Louds of the world, and like these rappers come out with full backing tracks. So you're basically just lip syncing and making noises over the top of it. I was watching a performance from Rolling Loud LA, and one of my favorite rappers on earth, Action Bronson, comes out. Not a backing track in sight, and just fucking destroys it. Like the one of the best performances I've seen in the year. And then you watch every other performance from that entire thing. I hate backing tracks in general. I, me and Kenny, butt heads on this all the time. His band would run fucking, I don't know, like three laptops at a time, and they would. That's how they run. Like I've never done backing tracks. It makes my skin crawl. I will add more people onto the stage rather than have a laptop keep me in time. I hate that shit. Uh, but off my list are backing tracks when it comes to rappers because it just ruins the performance. It always does. Fucking hate it. Drives me nuts, dude. Dante, what's your opinion on that? I mean, I toured with an artist that had to use backing tracks, so... Who was I'd be, it? I'd be kind of a, an asshole to say I'm against them. Um, I mean, I think it depends. I think if you're playing an album cut and singing over it's different from being a solo performer and having you know background vocals especially if the original song has like multiple layers on like the hook or something which is what you know we did with sammy and stuff so i i don't know i think it's a i think it's a case-by-case basis but for for a band like i don't understand why you would need it unless you're you know touring 300 days a year and you're trying to keep you know voices intact but i mean that was probably what kenny was also kenny awol had so much weird texture to yeah. them the way they did shit it would but probably like, they wouldn't be awol without backing tracks i feel like probably and i mean kenny wouldn't have had anything to do so he had to keep kenny employed somehow so he can click those buttons but like we talk about lcd sound system i posted a video to the instagram or to the twitter the other day they are they put 15 people on stage 
to be able to recreate all the shit they do in the studio rather than having one computer do everybody's job. I always think that's the coolest shit on earth. I want to see real people making music. That's just how I am. But watching Action Bronson perform and just absolutely rip a stage apart and then watching like Gunna come on stage and just mumble over top of his backing tracks annoyed the fuck out of me. So that's my off the list. Get a little hateful for the last one of the year. But uh, before we get out of here, let's just talk about 2021 music as a whole. Uh, maybe list a couple MVPs here. Maybe a favorite album, favorite artist of the year. Dave, I think I know your favorite album of the year. What is it? Was it Weezer? Yeah, I loved it. I still hard ah. to finish. It's fucking beautiful, man. It was such a good. It's okay, human, right? Yeah, okay, human. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought Medicine and Midnight was okay. Uh, not their best. Not bad. Uh, was great. Donda, I couldn't get into. Um, not my favorite album of the year. What was the folk album? Taylor Swift. Oh, folklore. Or oh, folk folklore. Yeah. Why? Why did? Yeah. I actually liked it. I thought it was great. Eh. Whatever. I, I'm not gonna argue. I love the National, who did a lot of the uh, writing and production on that. So I'll give them that. But, dude, how cool was it? Another memory from earlier in the year we had pete lyman the guy who mastered okay human on the week that the album dropped that's true that's true forgot about pete uh good old pete lyman dude does, but he does he's mastering engineer. really good at it he is dude getting grammy noms he got like a bunch of grammy nominations this year so shuts the fuck out pete lyman uh dante some of your favorite albums of the year um i mean i thought we were going like album of the year go um, album of the year I don't know, man. If if we're being completely honest, I think this year kind of sucked. I agree. Music-wise, um, which is really disappointing considering people had ample time to spend in the studio and at home writing and shit. I, you'd think we'd be getting like the best music fucking ever from some of these artists, but it's like the opposite. Um, I think Taylor Swift's album was meh. Um, but I think her re-recording Red was super cool. Unbelievable. Um, so I think like if we're talking artists of the year, I think because, you know, she technically released, you know, two and a half, arguably three albums this year. One of them, you know, which I think is her best a re-release. I think, you know, she gets that nod. But if we're talking album of the year, being completely objective, if I had to put money on it, uh, winning Grammy, I would have to go with Sour. I agree. By, by Olivia Rodrigo. Not that, you know, it's my favorite, but I just think in terms of... It's probably a way up. That's got to yeah. be on her favorite, right? Yeah, I mean, she just came out of fucking nowhere. And, I mean, I think there's like four number ones on it. It's, it's unbelievable. It's still charting like crazy. Um I mean, she's just, she's a fucking, you know, wrecking ball. Um, so that album was huge. Um, I like Donda a lot. I didn't think I was going to. I was out on Kanye before it. And this year he really won me back between that album, divorcing Kim Kardashian. Breaking the curse. Kind of just getting back to his old self. It seems like he found himself again and, you know, the live performances, I mean, you just get fucking goosebumps watching them back on stage and level-headed and not fucking crazy, you know, going on rants and shit, so. Dude, the, the, the second Donda listening party is my moment of the year. 
Like th- that listening party when he levitated out of the stadium. But after- he wasn't perform. But dude, the the I'm like so. I was like laughing at the people that were scooping up those Drake and Kanye tickets. For, oh yeah. For fucking $500 a pop. And I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be like the listening party. I thought they were going to come out and like fucking chill and listen to their own songs and shit. Watching that stream. I was so fucking FOMO like, fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> God, I wanted to fucking be there. Not that Drake was anything special, but, that was like an all-time Kanye performance. That was hit on hit on hit yeah. on hit. But the, the, like the, the appointment television of those listening parties while it was going on of being like, I need to get home so I can fucking watch this stream of Kanye hitting an iPod and standing in the middle of a stadium. And then he levitates out of the fucking room. Come on, dude. That was... Um, and Dante, you were at the third listening party. Yeah, it's it was a huge letdown, dude. It was like... <laughs> it, like it, that's why I, I was like, this is it kind of like broke me for the actual concert because I was just like, I can't believe I fell for that. But I don't know. I another album that I that I forgot about, I think because it uh, came out so long ago, that was really fucking good was the uh, new Halsey album. I can't yes. think of it. She dude, she's unbelievably talented. She unbelievably dude, talented. but like Trent Reznor produced it. It yeah. was totally different sound um you know she kind of went from like this chain smokers sound to yep. this grunge it, not i don't want to call it grunge because it still had an electronic feel but y- you could tell like trent reznor was behind the production and her fucking songs were like dark and graphic but full of like feeling i mean she's she's fucking awesome so yeah i loved her album too Agreed. I mean, dude, I forgot about that record too. I and I mean, I, I have a, I have a list of, of what I called my MVPs this year, like of records from each genre. And I'll run through these quickly uh, so we can wrap this up. But uh, on the rock side, the war on drugs was my favorite record of the year. Yes, dude. Uh, yes. I don't live here anymore. Was it fucking masterpiece? They are local dudes to me. They yep. used to fucking hang bro. around. Dude, bro. They're Philly. Yep. Oh, you got to get them on this show. Can't I tried already. Uh, no, so how big are, how big are they? Are they fucking massive or they're they're a huge band? They've won the Grammy for Rock Album of the Year twice. Like they're a big oh, band. God. So they're fucking huge. But the thing is, I'm friends with their keyboard player who I had hit up and said right when they were dropping the album, yo, come on the podcast. He said, Yo, I'm boring as shit. But if you want me to reach out to Adam, I'll send it to our Adam Granducial, who's the singer. I'll put him in contact. Their PR person got back to me and said, Adam's not doing interviews right now. That was the only reason that didn't happen. We, we got a yes from their keyboard player, but a, a no from the rest of the band because they were busy or some shit. Fucking PR people. Fucking PR people. Fuck. We will get them. Fuck. I was bringing up Bruce Warren, who's like my fucking musical dad. Uh, and he, him and Adam are really good friends. So I want to get an opportunity to get Bruce and Adam on at the same time and talk shit because he's the biggest Springsteen fan other than myself, I think. I know. So that would be great. <laughs> Yo, uh, go back to this. I want to hear you talk about this album, though, because that... Don't live here anymore. Song is one of the best songs I've heard all year. I've been intrigued to watch the war on drugs grow from this very experimental, long-winded seven-minute song band, which they still are, to writing what I consider modern classic rock. 
Adam just has a really great taste for chorusy guitars, big choruses, and just like actual fucking music. But I don't live here anymore. The song with the big Wilson Phillips harmonies in the background. Are you fucking kidding me in 2021? Like that <laughs> record was a great classic rock record made today. Uh, on the other side of the rock realm, Royal Blood, who was one of my favorite bands on earth, put out this record where they had been this two-piece grimy fucking blues rock metal band from England, and they bring in these like disco lines behind it now. Love that record. So those are my two rock records of the year. Uh, Hip-hop-wise, I had three. Uh, Tyler, the Creator, Call Me If You Get Lost, I thought was the best, most kind of in the pocket. I, I don't know. Dante, are you a big Tyler guy? No. We've, we've had this discussion before. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's talented, obviously. And I, this sounds cheesy, but I respect how much artists, I respect, respect him. If that makes sense. Like every fucking amazing lyricist, like respects the fuck out of Tyler. So I respect him for that, but his art, I'm just not, like the whole gore thing is not like well, I mean, my that was the cool thing about he's grown past that now. And he just wrapped his ass up on this record. But the thing I love about Tyler is he has a reverence for the past. Like he understands and knows his history and how to create and kind of like build off of that. His love for Pharrell and Kanye and Lil Wayne and all these people. I love that. Uh, Griselda. Everybody in the Griselda camp, we talked about this with uh, Andrew Barber, but like Mock Hami and fucking Benny the Butcher, who obviously did a song with Pardon My Take, which I thought was awesome. Um fucking West Side Gun and Conway all had great years keeping everything alive. And then I thought J. Cole's record was great. I love J. Cole. I don't even put Drake or Kanye in the top top three for me as far as like MVPs of the year. I love I love both of them. And Donda has way more re-listen value. Dave, are you happy about that, that I didn't put either of them in my top? A little bit. Proud of you. <laughs> uh, from the countryside, I put Eric Church because I, I really thought his record was great. Uh, and Casey Musgraves put out another great record this year. Those are kind I of my two. I listened to her record yesterday. Or no, no, Casey. A couple days ago. It was really good. It was Love really Casey. good. I mean, Golden Hour, I think was the name of the, or yeah, was the name of the record before. That was, that was my favorite fucking record she's done. I thought that was outstanding. Um, but I thought the new record was great. Uh, on the pop side, Silk Sonic, we can't forget the fuck that that happened. I love that record. Shouts out Anderson <laughs> Pack and uh, Bruno Mars. Uh, and then Olivia Rodrigo, of course. Like, that was the biggest record of the year. She's, I didn't like her. I didn't, I didn't want to like her. I didn't want to latch on to that. And then I, cause I was like, there's no way she writes these songs. These are way too developed for an 18 year old to be writing these songs. And I knew she had a co-writer named Dan Nigro, who was a part of an emo band back in the day. And then I watched an interview between them where they showed how they built deja vu. She wrote that fucking song. Dude. I know. Like she is. Yeah. She, it's, I mean, she's a super emo, like teenage girl, obviously, but she, yeah, she wrote all her shit about like her fucking like life and relationships and all that. I mean, she's fucking talented, dude. She's yeah, got a great and, voice too. And she plays the piano and the guitar. I watched the performance that she did at Austin City Limits and she was fucking awesome. And there was like a bunch of like teenage girls like crying in the crowd. It was like watching Beatlemania from like a flipped perspective. It, it was really cool. I thought she was outstanding. You know who I think is like on her level? She didn't release an album this year, but I think is just as fucking incredible. I think she's like 15, maybe 16. Is that Tate McRae girl? No idea. From Canada. Gonna have Dude, to look it up. She is unfucking believable. She sang that song, You Broke Me First. I'm gonna have to look it big. up. It was huge this year. 
I'm wow. Okay, I missed one thing this year. You're gonna oh you're gonna God. get off you're gonna get off this and be like, oh my god, how did I not know what that song was? You know the song. But yeah, right. she's like she was like 14. She wrote this song and she's from Canada. I think fucking Bieber put her on or something, and she's she's gonna be a megastar. Mega I star. trust I trust your opinion, Dante. I do. Um the last four I'm going to throw out there from different genres, R&B, Arlo Parks is a 21-year-old artist from fucking uh, the UK. He put out an amazing record this year. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan, Philadelphia's own, has had this amazing, huge voice for years, this great R&B singer. She put out this really great project called Home Music this year, which was just fucking outstanding. She also had a great feature on the new Rick Ross album. Just want to point that out. Um, and then Lucy Dawkins from the indie side, put out a, a record called home movies this year that was outstanding. And then Japanese breakfast. I brought her up in our, in one of my past videos, but I fucking love her. It's great. I got to open for her, uh, her and Hosier right before the pandemic. And she was just fucking incredible. So those are kind of the picks this year. We're running out of time here. We're going to move on. I'm excited for 2022. I'm excited to get back on the fucking road and play more shows. I got more music dropping. We got so much to do on the podcast, more fucking traveling. I want to get in a room with you guys again. Dave Dante, anything else left for 2021? Yeah, we're going to fucking come hell or high water. We're going to get this bitch official. You got it, motherfucker. I need to get, we need to get, we need to get into a room together again soon. I think that is the magic content and I'll make it happen. However, I got to do it. Um, yeah, we gotta, we gotta figure out a way to do a backstage episode with Dave on stage performing with you at a show and we got to get Kenny's ass there. And that well, I'll, will t- be- I'll tell you one thing that does need to happen though. I was talking with Mark Agnesi the other day from Gibson. We should do some content Dante. Now that the backstage thing is happening at the Gibson garage in Nashville. Wait, who is it? Mark Agnesi runs Gibson. Oh, guitar. I hate that guy. Doesn't matter. He's been a fan. Kidding. He's Just been kidding. a fan. I don't know who it is. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Mark Agnesi is the brand am- or brand manager for Gibson. He's been a uh, per- he's been on the podcast before, and he wanted us to come down and shoot at their new facility on Broadway in Nashville. I think we should. Oh, do Oh yeah, they just moved. Yeah, and he wants us to come down and shoot in the Gibson garage. Sick. So we need Fucking, to get. Some- I mean, that we can't pass that up. Agreed. We can let's. Do- uh, all right. Let's see who's. Let's see who's coming to Nashville to perform in the next few months, and let's uh, double up make a make yeah, a trip like on the guest that. list on the road motherfuckers we're gonna make it happen i love you guys we'll be back obviously next week for the first episode of 2022 big thank you to congos big thank you to kenny Carkey for not showing up today so the episode was good i love you guys happy new year we'll see you in 2022 happy new year everybody